This program is brought to you by the Genesis Communications Network, a world leader in talk radio since 1998. Visit GCNlive.com today. You're in the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. So, Chris O'Brien is back from his sojourn, from his mission of mercy or his secret voyage under the tutelage of the CIA. No, we're not really CIA agents here because if we were, we're notoriously underpaid. And Obama's got to sign those checks. Well, I was a Colorado investigative associate. Okay. But I'm in Arizona now, so I'm I'm AIA. <laughs> no, I went to uh, to work with David Perkins in Santa Fe. It's the third, well, the fourth session that we've had plotting out and kind of fine-tuning our approach for uh, Mute Speak, which is the working title for the follow-up book to Stalking the Herd, which will be a complete analysis of all that data that's contained in those 600 pages that uh, Gene uh, is kind of familiar with, although his eyes probably glazed over like many people upon being faced with the preponderance of data that's in that book. And it's a big job analyzing thousands and thousands of uh, cattle mutilation cases, but uh, hey, somebody's got to do it. It's still an ongoing problem. We still have cases being reported. David Perkins is the most knowledgeable person in the field uh, about that particular mystery. And I'm honored to have him as co-author for the follow-up book. What we've been doing is kicking around uh, various theories, kicking around quite a bit of permutations, really, uh, for lack of a better term. I like that word, permutations. It implies so many things. Well, it... Yeah, well, there's a lot of things to consider. It's been a, you know, a, quite the process. Uh, every time I go there, it's almost 900 miles for me, or about 900 miles round trip. And <laughs> this last trip was especially tough because I got back and then ended up going up to the canyon a couple times and up to Antelope Canyon and Page. And I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how many miles I did in a week, but it was uh, considerable up around 2,000 miles. So that and trying to keep up with the jungle in my yard and and uh, stuff, I've been uh, super busy. But I'm back. I'm back in the saddle again. I'm looking forward to today's show and upcoming shows. We've got some great guests coming up. We also uh, are talking with Gary Lockman, who was the original bass player for Blondie. And he's written a number of books that uh, examine the occult and its uh, relationship in the soft white underbelly of rock and roll. He's written also a book about Colin Wilson, one of my favorite authors, and uh, we're going to be talking with him here in the coming weeks. And we also are talking with Rick Strassman, who, uh, of course, is famous for his DMT research here in Arizona or in New Mexico, rather, with uh, with dimethyltryptamine, spirit molecule. We got a ton of good looking shows coming up, Gene. I'm, I'm real excited and 
I'm also uh, looking forward to de- to today's show with David Weatherly and Lyle Blackburn. Now, this is important here. here because it's been a long time since we've had a really first-class show on Bigfoot and related subjects. I mean, we've been doing UFOs. We've done some psychic stuff. But Bigfoot, when was the last time we had a show like that? Well, you know, Linda was on fairly recently. She uh, is a contributing author, uh, along with Ken Gearhart and Lyle, David, um, Richard Freeman, Nick Redford, Micah Hanks, Richard Muirhead. Uh, David has a, a publishing company called Leprechaun Press. And um, what they've done is they put together the Journal of, of Susquash Research and Woodnox is the first uh, volume one of uh, the journal. And every year they're going to be coming out with a, with a new version of the journal. And uh, I've been invited to contribute some of my Colorado uh, work that I did back in the 90s with some Bigfoot cases. I'm really looking forward to this because I, I, I really enjoyed having Lyle on when we talked about the Lizard Man uh, sightings uh, in the South. And, and, of course, David is, uh, I think, becoming more and more well-known for his work with the Black Eyed Children or the black eyed kids uh, phenomenon, and um, I think we're gonna we're gonna really kick around some some cool stuff today. We've got some good questions in the forum already, so I'm looking forward to it. This is gonna be fascinating, re-exploring Bigfoot and what's been going on there. In the meantime, just to let listeners know, if you want to see some of the early things I did, there is a magazine that's recently been posted in digital form online called Beyond Reality. Ever hear of it, Chris? Kind of faintly rings a bell. Um, God, that's even, that's going way back there, Gene. We're it's, we're it's, talking we're talking way back. We're talking seventies. Yeah, and expired in about nineteen eighty. Yeah, and the magazine was edited by a former art director named of Harry Belil, whose claim to fame before he got into psychic magazines and UFO magazines. He worked with a guy named Joe Weeder. Remember Joe Weeder? He was an exercise guru who worked right. with people like his... Arnold Schwarzenegger and people like that. Wasn't he the one that kicked sand in the face of the little little guy in the comic books? I don't know, but he goes back a long, long time. And he had these magazines. And, you know, low-end magazines weren't called magazines, and they were called books. And the, the scheme a publisher, a small publisher, would take advantage of is that when you had standard newsstand distribution, and these distributors are long gone except for maybe one or two, they give the publisher an advance against sales. And the way it worked is if sales exceeded that advance, you get more money like a book. If sales do not exceed that advance, over time they will simply give you a lower advance and make their money. They make it out whatever happens. And also they had a way to cheat you because in order to determine sales of a magazine, in the old days, they just send the covers back or the full magazine. Later on, you'd send an affidavit. So a local bookstore or Barnes & Noble or something would send an affidavit saying, we sold this many copies. Didn't have to return anything. We sold, of the 10,000 you sent us, we sold 5,000. So, of course, they'd report sales of 5,000 copies. It was a great way to get ripped off. Anyway, Harry was really a character. He put out these books a UFO update book, I think it was called, and Beyond Reality. Now, for about a year, and I didn't get much of a credit for this, 
but these books or magazines are available in digital form now. Look for Beyond Reality in Google or Bing or whatever your search engine is. I typeset the magazine from cover to cover, did all the typesetting for them on the equipment that we had in those days, and I edited the magazines cover to cover, and I even wrote the editorial from Harry because he wasn't such a good writer. He was an art director. But he, I guess it's an ego problem. He wouldn't give me the managing editor position that he said I had. He kept calling me contributing editor or something. I think there was an ego thing there. But if you want to see some of the early stuff I did, look for that probably from mid-75 through early 1976. That's the stuff I did for them. Beyond reality. Ancient history. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But there's nothing uh, like good old uh, research and re or familiarizing yourself with the uh with the history of uh these subjects uh there is quite a body of work out there for people who are just getting involved in investigating and researching uh the many subjects we cover cover here and i think it's important for people to be up to speed and there are uh quite a number of these publications that uh isaac coy is uh digitizing and putting online uh, of course, he's a, a poster here at the Paracast, and uh, every time he he announces uh, a new, you know, slew of issues of uh, particular publications that are now being digitized and made available, um, I think it opens up the possibilities for people to get themselves up to speed. So it's all being done for free, folks. So you know, take advantage of it before it gets a price tag. We've got David Weatherly. Lyle Blackburn, coming up next with Gene and Chris, you're in The Paracast. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect, and most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkeysoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow, And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get 
get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed. It's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Worried about lead, fluoride, and other contaminants in your drinking water? Get a ProPure with the Pro 1G 2.0 cleanable reusable filter and remove up to 200 contaminants. Drink water the way nature meant it to be. Clean, crisp, and refreshing. See the complete line of ProPure products, including the new ProMax shower filter. There's a ProPure for you. Visit your authorized ProPure dealer for details or ProPureUSA.com. That's P-R-O-P-U-R-U-S-A.com. Are you tired of commuting to a job that makes someone else rich, working harder than ever, but getting nowhere? Do you hate spending hundreds of dollars every week on daycare, having someone else raise your children? With our opportunities, you can start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss, work from home, and live a happier life. At Be The Boss Network, you'll find hundreds of work-from-home opportunities that you can literally start today and be earning money as soon as next week. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You get to be the boss. Get out of the rat race. Work from home. Go to freedom106.com right now and change your life today. That's freedom, the number 106.com. Go to freedom106.com and start earning money as soon as next week. You be the boss. Go to freedom106.com. You've been hearing Dr. Wallach talking about 90 essential nutrients, keeping the body healthy. GCNteam.com now has Beyond Tangy Tangerine Tablets, 60 plant-derived minerals, 16 vitamins, 12 amino acids, packed in a powerful tablet. But that's not it. 160,000 auric points, a knockout punch to free radicals. Call 877-878-4203 or go to GCNteam.com. That's 877-878-4203. We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. So let me remind you before we join our guests already in progress, huh? Doesn't sound right. We're going to ask you about our new feature of the show for the last year or two. It's called The Paracast Plus, and we're going to ask you about becoming a member because we offer so many good things with Paracast Plus. One is a commercial-free version of this show. The second feature is the After the Paracast podcast, which is something exclusive to Paracast Plus members. We've got some new video content coming, and we have Chris O'Brien's book with Ray Stanford and My Dog Sing Chopin, two chapters posted already. More to come. Some show transcripts, great stuff, and we're giving free ebooks for five year and lifetime subscriptions and more stuff too. In fact, I have a copy here of the infamous Vero edition of N.K. Jessup's Case for the UFO. 
This is the edition published in the early 70s by Gray Barker, and I've seen it sell for as much as $500. But if you subscribe to the Paracast Plus at plus.theparacast.com and you write me first, I'll send you a copy of that. I also have an early print of The Coming of the Saucers from Kenneth Arnold and Ray Palmer. Lifetime subscriptions for the Paracast Plus. Regardless, if we're out of that stuff, we give you free ebooks anyway. It's a great deal. Such a deal. Plus.thepowercast.com. Now, we're having lots and lots of trouble here with our Skype connection. We put poor Lyle Blackburn through all sorts of horrible abuse to get rid of background noise on his advanced recording system there. We're having lots and lots of fun with this, but we think it's going to make it. It's good to have David and Lyle back on the show. Gentlemen, welcome. I have a copy of the first uh, Journal of Susquatch Research, Woodnox Volume 1, in my hand. And boy, I'll tell you, this is quite a, uh, quite a collection of notable you know, thinkers and experts in the field, uh, along with Lyle and, and David's uh, pieces, uh, Ken Gearhart, Linda Godfrey, Richard Freeman, Nick Redford, Micah Hanks, uh, Richard Muirhead. This is quite, a, uh, quite a, uh, an undertaking. <laughs> you, why don't you first give us a little background, David, on, on, on the idea and um, kind of give us a, a sense of where you're going to be going with this and give us um, a little bit of background on how this whole idea came to fruition. Well, sure. First of all, uh, Chris, Gene, thanks for having me on again. It's always a pleasure to be on the Paracast. You know, this idea actually is one that I had a few years ago. A lot of it kind of came up in discussion with Lyle, who's also on the show with us today. I had had this concept of sort of an upper-end journal was in paperback format, obviously, and uh, would go beyond just a simple magazine article and allow researchers, especially people who spend a lot of time out in the field, to talk about things that maybe wouldn't be enough to fill a whole book, but yet was still important information, I think, to get out there. My idea was simply to have you know people from the cryptozoology community come in and contribute, uh, whether it be a regional piece or something about uh, their perspective on a unique aspect of this this creature that everybody's so fascinated by, and you know the first volume I, I was so I was so happy with the response because you know I sort of put the call out. I, I'm blessed to know a lot of people in this field, a lot of great minds, and um, the first several people I reached out to, uh, you know, said yes right away, and they all had ideas for something they could contribute. I, I think it's a real A-team lineup that came in on this first volume. The concept is that this will be an annual release. It's set to come out each spring. So I've already had a lot of people ask about volume two. It'll be coming out in the spring next year, and it, it'll be released every year around that time with a rotating cast uh, somewhat. I'll have some people that obviously will return because they have different ideas and so forth, but I'll have some different people contributing too Has the series unfolds. And the whole thing is capped off by the stunning cover by artist Sam Sharon, Mr. Sam, as he's known. And this guy, uh, I, I always say he gets better every time he does something. You know, I just threw a concept at him and he came up with this amazing painting of a Sasquatch. Even if you're not interested, I want to look at the cover because it's, it's pretty it's pretty cool. Well, he's done a number of covers for your authors, including uh, covers for you. That's uh, right. Very, very striking. I think uh, Lyle did. He did your Lizardman cover too. I think didn't he? No, that was another guy. But that was another uh, guy. Well, the, you guys' covers are really kind of ratcheting up the um, the art uh, aspect <laughs> quite a bit. 
these covers take a while to uh, to produce, and there's quite a bit of quality there. You don't normally associate a journal with the kind of publishing savvy and quality that we have here with this particular first volume, uh, Woodnox. You know, much success on the the project. I've, of course, volunteered immediately to help out with volume two. I'm going to be contributing a piece on Colorado Bigfoot reports, including a flurry of cases just out of the blue that I kind of found myself investigating um, seven cases, I think, in eight days um, of what appear to be the same two Bigfoot, uh, male and female. But um, I tell you, you guys uh, really cover the gamut in this book. Uh, there's quite a bit of interesting takes on the uh, subject. I'll just kind of go through some of this. So Lyle did uh, a piece on the Giants of Piney Woods. Linda did Kettles, Cows, and Sasquatch, Bigfoot in Southern Wisconsin. David did Big Man on the Reservation, which uh, covers reports, uh, Native American uh, reports, if I'm not mistaken. Correct me if I'm wrong. The, the one that I haven't gotten into yet, but I want to, uh, because I'm going to uh, Southeast Asia here this this uh, fall, Hong Kong is a focal point for Bigfoot. That's an area of the world that we don't hear much about when it comes to hairy hominids. Ken Gearhart kind of goes uh, back to the drawing board and asks the rhetorical question, is Bigfoot a giant form of Homo erectus? Richard Freeman does uh, a piece on the, Arn, the Orang Pendak. If I had to guess which would be the first one that we could actually really establish as a true undiscovered hominid, uh, the Orang Pendak would get my vote. Micah does a very interesting piece on Susquatch kidnappings in, in North American folklore. Of course, um, I'm sure the uh, the Osman case, uh, many people uh, in our listening audience are familiar with. Nick Redfern does The Sound of Susquatch, which is a kind of an interesting piece from him. Of course, Nick is more of a Fordian when it comes to uh, kind of the theories of what we're uh, going to be talking about today. Let's kind of start at the beginning here. Do you think we're dealing with something that is an actual physical creature with a breeding population? It needs uh, X amount of territory for food. Or do you think we're dealing with something that's more supernatural, paranormal, uh, that has some sort of possible dimensional capabilities? Where do you guys come down on this? Wow, you can run with that one first. Okay. I kind of stick with the biological aspect of it, that it is some sort of undiscovered primate I just kind of start at the ground floor with that. I mean, obviously, it's open to a vast amount of theories. I mean, really, without a body in front of us or some other better clue as to what it truly is, then it is all conjecture at this point. But uh, for me, you know, I kind of stick with my original view that uh, we're looking for some sort of a anomalous ape-like creature that, albeit seems implausible but not impossible and it has obviously very small population and is an expert at evading discovery thus far yeah the, the winner of the world's finest hide and seek player i think hands down would uh would be uh, bigfoot uh, let's break here guys and then we'll get back to it okay we got david weatherly lyle blackburn gene and chris you're in the paracast <laughs> listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know 
I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Can your vitamin supplements positively affect your blood in five minutes? Protovite can. Protovite is a genuine breakthrough liquid daily nutrition that delivers quality ingredients into your blood in less than five minutes. Scientifically proven and backed by clinical studies, Protovite supports energy, vitality, and optimal health. Watch our two-minute live blood cell video and see for yourself at vniinc.com slash prohealth. That's vniinc.com slash prohealth. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-704-6182. A Place for Mom offers free, one-on-one -on -one advice from local advisors and a personalized list of senior living communities you can visit. If you have questions about senior care for your mom or dad, there's a place for answers, a place for mom. Call A Place for Mom in the next 10 minutes to get your free ebook on financing senior care as well as free information on senior living communities in your area. Call 1-800-704-6182. That's 1-800-704-6182. Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like.
Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. All Bigfoot all the time this week in the Paracast. Chris, you had a question of one of our guests? Well, I was just going to throw the ball to David and, and ask, are you dealing with a flesh and blood creature with a breeding population that has uh, nutritional needs for a big hairy hominid and, and uh, stakes out territory, that sort of thing? Or do you think we're dealing with something that's uh, higher strange? You know, Chris, I'm a little bit more middle of the road with this. And what I mean by that is that I do think we're dealing with a, a tangible physical creature, but I think it has some paranormal aspects to it. And, you know, before people get all excited about that word being thrown around, I'd like to say that, you know, the word paranormal means something beyond the normal. There may be qualities to this creature that we just simply don't understand at this point. An example is there are so many cases where people observe one of these creatures and it's suddenly just gone. And, you know, we have a lot of theories, particularly in the last couple of years, have been thrown around about portals and all these different things. But, you know, there's another perspective. We may be looking at some type of sophisticated camouflaging reaction that we're just not familiar with at this point. I mean, imagine the first person that ever saw a chameleon and how they must have felt when they realized, oh, here's this little creature that is, you know, suddenly faded into the bark of a tree or something, but yet it's still there. So I'm open to a lot of more supernatural qualities to this thing. And, you know, I can't deny, coming from a background having studied a lot of shamanic traditions, I can't deny that Native Americans all over the country talk about, you know, more unusual qualities to these creatures. And the idea that they've always been here uh, amongst us, but, you know, they sort of live in their own world in, in some way. So the jury's still out. Couldn't have a body, like Lyle said. Um, but there are just so many curious things about the encounters with this with this thing that uh, I, I think there are definitely some unexplained qualities there. I would have to um, I would have to agree with both of you that we are dealing with a flesh and blood creature. But just to give you an example of a case that I my brother actually was involved with, they were riding uh, horseback on a logging road. Uh, just below Stevens Pass in Washington State, um, outside of the town of Startup. You know, the typical first reaction, horses start freaking out. They smell this horrible smell. Uh, they get off the horses. They, they lead them along the road around a, a bend, and they find five footprints. Uh, one on the, the creature across the road in front of them just seconds before going from right to left. They found a, a footprint on the shoulder of the logging road. Um, I think uh, two prints, if I if I remember correctly, in the road, a print on the uh, left side of the road, and then a, a, a kind of a scooped print going up a, a, a an embankment, a cracked branch, and the print on the left side of the road uh, still had the grass coming up, uh, was still springing up from the weight of the creature, pressing the grass down. The grass and was still spring was still uh, rising up in the print as they um, as they investigated the site. No tracks coming to the road, and at the top of the uh, the cut uh, where the creature's uh, foot swooped in the in the clay broke a pine branch, lifting itself up to the top of the, the cut. 
Uh, there are no tracks leading away. Yeah, now, that to me is indication that we have a creature that decided just to make an appearance. They really, and uh, in, in about you know some kids that, that had some, some outdoor uh, skills, tracking experience, that sort of thing. And they were unable to find any evidence of the creature approaching or leaving uh, the logging road cut. And uh, how, how, how can we explain that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously a, a stumbling point in trying to explain this. And obviously one reason there's so many theories to it, because yeah. on one account, you have somebody who sees something that's seemingly physical. Um, and then in trying to follow up and, and look for tracks or other evidence, you simply come up short. And uh, that's, you know, there's a lot of ways to explain that. It, perhaps the creature is actually actively trying to um, you know, not leave behind enough evidence to prove itself. I, I, you know, it would conceivably have to have some sort of level of intelligence above your average animal to, oh yeah, you know, have an agenda like that. But uh, you know, I mean, in the woods, there's, you know, I've I've seen, you know, animals moving, and you know, you go to where that happened, and there's not always footprints. There's leaf litter. There's uh, the particular places where they could have stepped, it's it's not as like easy. Like rocks and, and, and pieces of fallen wood, that sort of thing. Sure. I mean, it's it's not as easy as people think. I mean, some you know, I see a lot of hog tracks, but you're talking about, you know, dozens of hogs together with four legs tromping around digging things. That's what they do. You see a lot of tracks. But if yeah. I go into an area, um, I've, I've been in many areas where... I know for a fact there's bears. I've, I've actually visibly seen uh, bears, and I've you know I hadn't I didn't come up on footprints of those bears. Um, very rarely that's ever happened. So um, you, uh, if you get an animal who's agile and, and moves the right ways, then it's very uh, difficult to find evidence thereof. And you know, of course, some of these get to be an exceptional case where you see it, it walked, you know, possibly on a dirt road or in mud, and then there's no tracks. Those are the hardest things to explain. But yeah. on the average, I think that, you know, people uh, underestimate how hard it is to find evidence of, of tracks and things of a solitary creature, you know, in the woods. I've got a great example of one of those unusual cases, though, and I, I don't know if I've told Lyle about this one or not, but uh, Chris, you're familiar with the Navajo Rangers, John Dover and Stanley Milford, and um, yeah. you know they do extensive amount of work on, on the Navajo reservation to all kinds of weird cases. But they were telling me and actually showed me photographs of a case they had where they followed a trackway. Now, this was on a ridge in the snow, and these tracks just stopped. Uh, there was nothing there. There were no rocks for this creature to have jumped on, no trees for it to climb into. And, you know, these are the kind of things you've got people who are trained with observing these kind of things, with tracking and, and with all these various skills. And, you know, they followed this trackway and they have no explanation at all as to how this creature could have, you know, departed from that area. And obviously they did a, you know, a search in the surrounding area to see if the creature had, you know, leapt off of this trackway somehow or something. And there was just nothing there. And, you know, these are the kind of cases that are really confounding, I think, for a lot of people who want to take this extremely rigid traditional view that this is 
simply an unburdened creature. Um, I, I think that in this field, you know, we are dealing with something unknown. You know, the fact is this thing has evaded capture and, and solid evidence for many, many years at this point. And I think we have to be somewhat open-minded to there being stranger aspects to whatever this thing is. Let me throw out a question here, kind of a general question that people always are going to ask about Bigfoot. And that is, I mean, we've heard stories, well, they've got some DNA and that didn't seem to turn out to be much of anything. And there's something we'll carry through to the next segment. But the biggest complaint about Bigfoot is if we've got these creatures, strange creatures in various parts of the world, why is there such a lack of physical evidence to prove something strange is going on? Because that gives certainly ammunition to the skeptics to say, hey, what's going on here? If something's going on, show us the corpus delecti or something. Show us a Bigfoot, live, dead, remnants, whatever. Bodily excretions, things like that. Why are we not seeing it? Maybe they're using waste bags like Dogs you, you get for your dog, you don't want to mess up your <laughs> lawn, so you get these waste bags, scented like we have for teddy bear. Lyle Blackburn, David Weatherly, Chris O'Brien, Gene Steinberg, you're in The Bearcast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, great t-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children. Stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. Looking for that edge during those intimate moments? We see many ads for enhancement, but the side effects include death. At GCN Team, we should change the Healthy Body Brain and Heart Pack to the Healthy Libido Pack. The brain and heart are not the only organs that require a healthy vascular system. For proper blood flow at the right moment, go to GCNTeam.com or call 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. That's 877-878-4203. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. 
Water is the single most important thing your body needs, so you want to be sure it's the best for you and your family. Since 2005, thousands have depended on Berkey Purified Water. The Berkey Guy provides the lowest priced filtration systems in every size. For incredibly delicious water now and in an emergency, get to GoBerkey.com or call 877-886-3653. 877-886-3653. GoBerkey.com. Dr. Otto Warburg won the Nobel Prize for discovering how cells breathe. He also discovered how normal cells turn into tumor cells. He discovered the one prime cause of cancer was cellular oxygen deficiency. Dr. Joanna Budwig built upon the work of Dr. Warburg and discovered how to feed the cells to overcome this oxygen deficiency. She found that it was a sulfur in the cottage cheese that when mixed with fresh pressed flax oil, that the flax oil would become emulsified and more readily absorbed. Flax oil delivered in this manner was able to restore oxygen transfer to all cells of the body. Now there's a new method of pressing seed oils that produces the highest quality, zero oxidation, undamaged seed oils. The results on these seed oils alone are amazing. Now add our Life Force Enhanced One World Whey Protein Powder that is much higher in the sulfur amino acids than cottage cheese is, and you have a winning combination to confer health and energy like never before. Call 888-988-3325 or visit sacredseedoils.com. That's sacredseedoils.com. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com. Hey, this is Marie D. Jones, the author of This Book is from the Future, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. You see, when you see Bigfoot, he'll talk just like that, the previous segment. That's it. So guys, whoever wants to take it, let's start with you, Lyle. Show me the evidence. Show me the money. Well, yeah, that, that is always the golden question, obviously. And I, I think it's because of several things. Number one, there is such a low population of these. I think there is, there is obviously a lot of sightings, and it just seems to be more and more sightings. But honestly, in my investigations, I find that there are a small percentage of sightings that I believe are definitely positively this person saw some unknown creature and then you have a lot of just the outlying sightings which are very shadowy and I think uh, in some cases a lot of assumptions that oh, I saw a Bigfoot um, so in truth I think the sightings there's not these these things are just running amok out there there's there's just not many of them um, second on that is the fact that the no presence of a body, the places where they're reported are in places that do not, are not conducive to upholding uh, the remains very long in forests and swamps and mountainous areas. These places uh, are, uh, you know, the places where decomposing remains go pretty quickly. So you would have to come up on this thing you would have to be lucky and find it just then. I mean, you know, always kind of, I mean, it's 
one of these things where you always throw out the example of how often have you come across a dead bear and I, I certainly haven't and I've been I started hunting when my with my dad when I started walking and so uh, we've been in places for example in East Texas there are some bears out there they're very very few but they are known to live there you know we've I've walked those woods for years and years I've never come across a dead bear or even a part of some animal that I thought was a bear you know I've come up on some deer and things like that and cows plenty of cows but there's much more of those creatures and they live much closer to you know civilization and places where if they die they're going to be found more easily so I think again you just have to find ways to explain it but it's not totally impossible that the creatures you know bury their dead or protect them in some way so that it just becomes the proverbial needle in the haystack to the yeah degree to, to come across a body and it's not to say that somebody has it you know they might have thought it was a bear some old timer you know saw it what is he going to do he didn't run to the newspaper so it's it's not out of the question that somebody has and of course with the dna problem is we don't really have a specimen of comparison to compare it to so you know and often most times this undertaking to prove bigfoot has is, is been taken by amateur uh, sleuths out in the woods and most of the time they handle the evidence you get contamination human comes back as human DNA or something you know I've had numerous times for people oh yeah my brother has some hair he has this you know it's old and you know they touched it it's just not good uh, material in which to scientifically evaluate so I don't know you put all those things together and it just seems like the probabilities are kind of against us at this point to prove it. I would also add that it's pretty rare to find uh, any sort of predator's remains, whether it's a mountain lion, a fox, badgers, uh, animals that actually are uh, predators. Uh, it's, it's very rare. I've, I've never, in all the years that I've spent tramping around in the woods and, and doing, you know, 100-mile hikes through the Cascades and that sort of thing, Sure. As you mentioned, Lyle, I found uh, deer carcasses. I found <laughs> more than I, I care to remember uh, uh, cattle carcasses. Uh, but uh, it's it's very rare to find uh, the remains of a predator. One story that really intrigued me that came out in the early 80s initially involved claims by some locals around Mount St. Helens after the uh, the May 1980 eruption that uh, government-type uh, uh, personnel were seen ostensibly gathering uh, possible Bigfoot remains from the eruption. And uh, even one story that even had a Bigfoot helping uh, identify where the remains were. And I obviously these stories are apocryphal, and, and I've never really seen any real hard evidence to back these up. But have either of you looked uh, by locals around the area where the eruption occurred? Of course, Mount St. Helens is very well known for Ape Canyon and the um, the supposed uh, encounter that miners had with uh, Bigfoot that um, one of the miners had shot and the Bigfoot attacked their cabin. It's one of the more famous stories in the annals of, of Bigfoot research. I think this happened back in the 20s. But Ape Canyon was completely covered by fallen timber and was, was swept by the pyroclastic cloud that went through there. And having grown up in Washington State, I know that uh, that, that was a supposed hotbed of, of Bigfoot 
activity and there was possibly a, a population there. Have either of you done any digging into the claims uh, that have surfaced from time to time about recovering Bigfoot bodies, uh, uh, the government recovering bodies there in that area? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, yeah, I've heard those stories and uh, it kind of makes sense if there's a, an eruption like that, that all wildlife would suffer and that would be a prime time to find something. And, uh, you know, not out of the question that the government may have come across something. And it seems like any time we have one of these Bigfoot body stories, it's, it's uh, often tied to some mysterious disappearance thereof. Uh, government-like people, often even men in black show up and it disappears. Um, I had a case uh, where I was called by a gentleman who, back in the 1970s, his dogs had drug up this huge uh, part of a leg out of the Trinity River bottoms here in Texas. And this was an old horse rancher. And the reason he had tried to contact someone is because he saw Finding Bigfoot on Animal Planet. And uh, it got him to thinking, but basically what happened was back in the 1970s, his dog had drug up this leg severed from the knee down. It had the foot, it had the shin bone and everything, and it was somewhat hairy, and it had a man-like foot. It was a huge leg. And the guy, you know, back then, just not really even thinking Bigfoot or anything, he just thought it was some weird, bizarre occurrence and called the police and the police responded looked at it obviously couldn't make anything out of it took it away and said they would call him with you know the results and he never heard anything back it just disappeared now there again it just disappears we have no proof of it but i'm telling you this guy i mean i just don't see any reason he would make this story up and he could describe the leg accurately he said it wasn't a bear he said it was human life but hairy and much too big to be a normal human and i mean it's a leg coming out of a river bottom you know i i actually tried to find the records of that and wrote the uh, police department and everything and they sent letters back and i you know they just said we have nothing on that and there again a, a mystery disappearance where the where officials were involved it disappeared but i i 100 percent believe this this old timer he just was very credible very well spoken and i was just thought that you know i might have some insight into it but uh it, just a mystery you mentioned men in black uh reports that seem to be associated with with bigfoot sightings i i had never heard that uh that's an interesting comment uh, so, so we have cases where people have uh, been witnesses of a hairy hominid and then they're later told not to talk about it? Yeah, I, let's see, off the top of my head, I can think, and I mean, I'm not vouching for the credibility of any of this, but uh, a skunk ape researcher in Florida, a prominent researcher there, had come across some footprints and hair and, and some, you know, some remnants of a Bigfoot right around the time there was a rash of Bigfoot sightings near the Everglades. And according to him, uh, shortly thereafter, gentlemen, you know, dressed in black suits showed up and confiscated the hair and it was never seen again. So not that there's any more proof to that, but there is definitely a, a case. And I, I've heard it, you know, I think I've read a couple more stories where uh, same type of thing where seemed to me like the, the standard men in black profile had showed up and, and confiscated the remains. 
there there are actually quite a few of those cases. It's it's very curious. There was another one a couple of years ago in Arkansas that was uh, a situation where a guy claimed to have you know shot a, a Sasquatch, and later on, you know, uh, these guys in black vehicles showed up and confiscated the body. And like Lyle said, I mean, I can't attest to the veracity of that. I hadn't interviewed the guy or anything. Uh, but you see these things crop up on a fairly regular basis. We've got so much more to come with David and Lyle and Chris and Jean. You're in the Paracast. for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well received by critics and readers alike. It's a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors. Classic science fiction at its best. Available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R O C K O I D S.com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands, and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement, and I'm telling you, There's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. A touch of class. I interrupted an answer on the previous segment of the Paracast. Can we continue that? Absolutely. So a few years ago, I had a case in North Carolina, and uh, similar to what Lyle's talking about, this woman had absolutely no reason to be lying about this. She actually had a lot to lose, I think. She was a former employee for a police department, was a dispatcher. She had this pretty amazing story that she and her husband had discovered 
what appeared to be the body of a Sasquatch. This was up near, uh, close to Brown Mountain in North Carolina. And anybody familiar with that area is famous for the Brown Mountain lights and a lot of other spooky things. They discovered this body uh, called, I'd have to go back and look at my records, but I believe they called it Game Warden. Didn't know exactly what it was, but they you know, got out of the vehicle and got a very close look at this thing. In very short order, they said that these two black vehicles showed up along with a third vehicle that was a, a van with military personnel in it who got out, loaded this carcass in, and left. And they were basically told, don't worry about what you saw here. It's being taken care of. These are, are not people who wanted any publicity. They didn't want to story out, really. They just wanted some answers as to what exactly had happened and why the government would be interested in hauling away you know, some kind of strange animal carcass. But again, you know, we just we have this curious case with no explanation and we have to wonder exactly what some faction of the government knows or why they're interested. That was a showstopper. <laughs> well, you know, again, this uh this kind of apocryphal uh, tale, I mean, you can it doesn't matter what mysterious phenomenon you want to discuss, uh these types of uh reports I guess invariably rear their heads. Uh, of course, uh, Men in Black lore goes back 70 plus years in uh, ufology. So do you think, do you guys think that there's some sort of government group that's interested in these uh, creatures and has an active role and uh, is participating in keeping them uh, secret or maybe gathering evidence or uh, studying them? Or what do you guys think? You know, I wouldn't be surprised if the government, you know, hadn't evaluated uh, what exists for evidence and hadn't looked into it at some point. But unfortunately, I find it hard to believe that they can put much effort into trying to chase down all the bodies and really why they would want to do it. I mean, it, obviously, it would be somewhat ground-shaking if, if we discovered something like this. And Obviously, there would be some economics involved because, you know, if it was found in an area where timber companies were present, you know, they wouldn't want something like that. But the government itself, I mean, it seems more relegated to science. I just don't know why they would need to cover this up. You know, UFOs, I can, you know, I can see more of an interest in that. That's more of like homeland security to the max. I mean, if, if we've got invading extraterrestrials but bigfoots you know they live in the woods but they're hard to find what what does it matter so I, I you know i don't want to discount what people have said but i find it hard to believe the government had to have a concerted effort to cover it up i just don't see the reason yeah i kind of agree with lyle first of all obviously we don't have enough evidence either way to you know determine right. if the government is involved somehow but you can't i i can't deny the number of cases that crop up and how curious it is that these things do turn up of course, we also have to consider there's no defined evidence that this is actually the government. I mean, this could be somebody from the private sector who's merely interested. And Chris, you and I are well aware that uh, <laughs> millionaires often have an interest in strange phenomena and, and will throw a lot of time and, and uh, resources into it. I, I don't know. They're very curious cases. And these are the kind of things that a lot of researchers just discard I think, and, you know, throw to the wayside. But I think we have to look at all of this holistically. We, we just don't have any answers on this creature yet. So we need to be open to, to various ideas. We can't throw any potential evidence out, I think, with the bathwater. No question. Kind of reminds me of uh, one of the cattle mutilation cases that uh, 
is in stalking the herd. A case was found on on one of the Walton family's ranches in Arkansas. Of course, the Waltons are famous for being the multi-billionaires that own Walmart. And this was back in the 70s. And it's one of the few cases that I'm aware of where real obvious ritual occult sign, like an altar, uh, was left behind one of these mutilated animals uh, that was found on their ranch. And, and again, there was a tendant ritual sign uh, with the case, and, and the case was covered up. It didn't really make uh, the news. It did come out, and researchers did find out about it, and, and it was a real case and a real report. That, that much was determined, but a concerted effort seemed to have been made to keep it as quiet as possible. David, you're up there in Utah right now. The uh, you know the Sherman Ranch case, uh, the the NIDS uh, Fort Duchesne Ranch there on the on the Ute Indian Reservation is a classic example of someone with a lot of money that uh, is able to keep uh, a lid on publicity to a you know greater degree than not uh, about activity that goes on there. So, you know, with budgets come uh, abilities and and uh, and. You're able to hire people that uh, you can trust to keep these things uh, uh, covered up and quiet. So it, it wouldn't surprise me in the least either that uh, some sort of group, whether private or, or otherwise, uh, would be interested in obtaining evidence, uh, monitoring some sort of monitoring program to find out as quickly as possible when cases are occurring and when claims are being made, especially of physical evidence. Kind of moving along here a little bit, uh, we got a lot of ground to cover. I've, I'm really getting uh, annoyed at all these pictures that seem to be appearing now on the internet of simple shadows that people going into a place of paradelia and seeing all sorts of Bigfoot faces and uh, outlines of bodies. And when, at least in my estimation, it's clearly an, a, a case of just reading wishful thinking into uh, the play of light and shadow. Uh, have you guys have any comments on on the quality of our blob squatch, uh, I think as as people are starting to call these photographs our uh, blob squatch uh, uh, cases. Oh, those things drive me nuts. <laughs> uh, you know, I find that a lot of those come from this sort of subset of people interested in Sasquatch who are convinced that they. I'm trying to think of a way to put this kindly. <laughs> you know, uh, within the field of Sasquatch, you have all these little cliques anymore, you know, all these subdivisions. Yeah. And there's a whole faction of people that profess to have uh, regular psychic communication with these yeah, people. Kiwani, Jack you know, they're Sardis. highly advanced, whatever uh, creatures, and they're out frolicking the fields with them and all this stuff. And, um, a lot of those things that I see seem to come from that sector of the Sasquatch field. And it, it just appears to me that they are so uh, maybe desperate to prove that, yes, they are in contact. Yes, this is going on, that they're just throwing this stuff out there. You know, I get asked all the time about some why there's not more, you know, why there aren't more quality photographs. And one of the experiences I had just a few years ago in Arizona was I, I was driving down this back dirt road, and I always keep my camera with me. <laughs> I come around this curb, and here was this absolutely beautiful lynx crouched in the middle of the road. I hit the brakes, and I didn't startle him with the Jeep, oddly enough, because he was really focused looking at something in the brush. He was obviously after a rabbit or something. But my point is, is that as quick as this transpired, I grabbed my camera, you know, put it up, and by the time I hit the shutter, this thing was gone. It just leapt off the road, and there was no sign of it. I think that, 
you know, the skeptics always cry, well, why aren't there more photographs? And I think you have to bear in mind that that's a good example of how difficult it is to catch something that is elusive on film. And when you're in a situation where you suddenly see something, which, you know, a fair number of these sightings, they're people who are just, you know, they're hiking through the woods or they're just doing whatever. And all of a sudden, here's this creature. You know, it's a psychological component because a lot of people are just so stunned, they don't even think about putting their camera up and trying to catch a photograph. So, you know, that's, that's kind of my two cents on that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's happened, it's happened to all of us. <laughs> I've had a camera in my hands, and I had a, just an amazing, you know, like one-and-a-half-second UFO sighting, and it, it was just so stunning, and it, it just it was so surprising that I didn't even, you know, I, I don't even think if I even had the time to, to lift my camera and, and try to take a shot. We got more to come with Chris and Gene and Lyle and David. You're in the Paracast. The award-winning Graphic Converter 10, the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. Do you need a website? Well, you can get a great deal on hosting services with Namecheap's legendary coupon code. They're offering substantial hosting discounts on shared hosting, business hosting, VPS hosting, reseller hosting, and even dedicated servers. Namecheap is preferred by millions. It's backed by a money-back guarantee. Use the coupon code LEGENDARY to cash in on the special deal at Namecheap.com, Namecheap.com. This is a healthcare alert from the Pain Relief Hotline. If you, a family member, or a loved one suffers from knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain and have Medicare as your primary insurance, we've got great news. You don't have to suffer any longer. You can immediately qualify for a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you by calling our 24-7 pain relief hotline at 866-389-0620. Delivery is free and all paperwork is handled for you. If you are on Medicare and have knee, back, shoulder, or ankle pain, don't wait. You can qualify to immediately receive a pain-relieving brace at little or no cost by calling our 24-7 pain hotline now at 866-389-0620. Our representatives are standing by 24-7 to take your call and rush you your pain-relieving brace at little or no cost to you. Shipping is free and all paperwork is handled for you. Just call 866-389-0620. That's 866-389-0620. Again, 866-389-0620. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937.
Dangerous blood clot device alert. If you or a loved one had an IVC filter placed to prevent blood clots from traveling to your heart or lungs and suffered an injury, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. The FDA warns that IVC filters may cause serious complications, such as heart or lung damage, internal bleeding, and even death. These dangerous blood clot devices can break and the metal fragments can travel to your heart or lungs causing serious injuries. If you or a loved one suffered organ damage or other injuries from an IVC filter, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-478-1507. This is an advertisement. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. InjuryHelpDesk.com is responsible for this advertisement. Principal Office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 We'd like to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. When we stopped the previous section, Chris, you were about to say something relevant to everything we're doing here. Go ahead, please. Well, we were talking about the difficulty of getting a one, two, or three second, even a five second event captured on uh, on camera. Let me just say and- one thing before you go on, Chris. You reminded me of something. There's a feature added to iPhones in the past year where you get three to five second segments. It's called Live Picture when you take a snapshot. And there are enhanced cameras and two cameras in the new iPhone Seven plus, believe it or not. Can you believe that? No. I think the technology, as it becomes more and more sophisticated and affordable, I think we're, our chances are, I think are, are increasing of finally getting some good Bigfoot photographs, some good UFO photographs, uh, uh, possibly some footage of uh, a shadow person or a ghost, uh, stuff that, that would stand up to analysis. And I think... Uh, it's inevitable, I think, that this will happen. Of course, I've been saying that for 25 years, <laughs> but <laughs> I think we will get to a point where you know, you know, you could possibly have uh, a pair of glasses on that's always filming, and all you have to do is decide what section you want to save before it, you know, rewinds itself or deletes the, you know, the the file. With the amount of storage capability that we have now uh, technologically, I think uh, I think there will be a time when investigators will be filming at all times, and I look forward to that day. And and the uh, you know the the wonderful quantum computers that are supposedly just down the pipeline that would have the uh, storage space to store all this uh, visual information, but it's going to happen. And we still have this psychological component that I, I mentioned that, you know, when you're suddenly confronted with one of these experiences, 
uh, you know, the average person is not thinking about getting their phone up and getting a, a picture of it. And um, yeah, But if you had a pair of glasses that had a, a camera that was functioning at all times. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Uh, then uh, it, it, all you'd have to do is just turn and face whatever it is and you'd be, you'd be catching it. I, I think we are approaching, we will have that capability. And, um, you know, the San Luis Valley Camera Project is going to be an example of, of affordable technology that will be 24-7, uh, you know, 365 days a year. And if something flies by, uh, there's a real good chance that we're going to be able to document that, uh, not only optically, but with magnetometers and gravitometers and the other gear that we're planning on on uh, uh, utilizing. So I, I do think at some point the technology will help us overwhelm the mystery. But in the meantime, we're, we're having to wade through all these blob squatch pictures, uh, deal with, uh, with uh, you know, pig guts and a... Uh, yeah, an ice cooler and uh, the, the Dwyer P.T. Barnum sideshow of, you know, the uh, supposed Bigfoot body and, and these kinds of sensationalizers and uh, attention uh, seekers. Uh, where do you guys come down on, on some of these hoaxes? In essence, uh, where do you guys come down on, on these hoaxed uh, events that uh, generate a lot of attention and in some cases uh, some money? Yeah, I mean, that's a huge problem. And I mean, I agree with everything you guys said about the cameras and the, and the problem with these blob squatch things. I mean, I just don't even look at that stuff anymore. And, you know, I've always said, hey, it, I'm not saying it's not a Sasquatch, but even if it is, it's it's a shadow. It does nothing to advance the, the uh, you know, the uh, quest to prove this. And obviously, people who do these hoaxes make Bigfoot research look even more ridiculous. And for whatever reason, that always gets the huge publicity, you know, because obviously the guys like Rick Dyer are more P.T. Barnum than they are Bigfoot researcher, and they know how to get the press and publicity. And this is, you know, there's some substance to that, so the media latches onto it. And it was funny when he's come out with the body of Hank or whatever he was driving around the country with, you know, it was posted on news sites. It, it, those people didn't even check his background or look into the fact that he was the same guy that that uh, did the Georgia Bigfoot hoax with the freezer. I mean, right. news, especially with the Internet, they just don't have any integrity or care about what they're posting. And that's a huge problem. And if the guy says he has a Bigfoot body and he, he obviously has something in a truck, that's news. And, you know, I think the, unfortunately, the media just wants hits on their blog or readers of their news and they don't, you know, they care anything about Bigfoot. They've already made up their mind that it's bunk. And, you know, that just makes it all look worse. So you almost have to, you know, and, the, and I see all these researchers spinning their wheels about these guys. I just completely ignore it. You know, I just, I don't waste my energy on it. They're gonna. There's always gonna be somebody else popping up with a, with a hoax, and unfortunately, you know, I try not to spend my energy on that. I focus it on the good stuff, and yeah, and good answer. The nonstop, nonsense. Yeah. but you know, of course, a media meme is very difficult to deal with. I mean, it happens in politics, and we're not going to get into politics here. But once they seize on a story or an approach to a story, it's almost impossible. To change it, even if it's wrong, yeah. it doesn't matter. They don't listen. Well, yeah, and unfortunately, I, I, you know, when I meet your 
you know, just the average person on the street. And, you know, I said, oh, what do you do? Well, uh, I write books on mysterious monsters or I start trying to explain what I do. And big or Bigfoot, oh, man, you, you know, there was, wasn't there, a, didn't somebody find one in, in a, somewhere that was in a freezer? I'm <laughs> nervous like that's no. I'm like, no, that's my steak. I bought it from Walmart yesterday. <laughs> and it's, no, it, was, it was pork, Gene. <laughs> well, my Jewish mother would object. Yes, it was. You know, you know that's kind of a combination. I mean, I'm with Lyle. The, the, all the hoaxers and that kind of nonsense, it really aggravates me. But at the same time, and you know, we can't put a lot of time and attention into it. At least I can't personally. It's, it's not worth my time for one thing. Uh, but it, it is really aggravating. And when you combine that with this media attitude and the mass consciousness, that just quick headline, people don't even read these stories. They see the headline and that's what they go by. And, right. you know, just like Lyle, I hear this kind of thing all the time. Oh, yeah, somebody found one and, and, and kept it in their freezer. And I'm like, no, <laughs> you know, obviously you read this headline somewhere and that's that's what's stuck in your consciousness. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's gotten worse over the last, you know, 10 years or so. And, and now, you know, the younger generations, all they want is Instagram, just a quick photograph of something. They don't even have time to read a headline. So it, it's really frustrating for people like us who are you know trying to do solid research and spending a lot of time in the field and getting details and information because you know i i want people to read the information and and then determine for themselves we have a couple of things to offer you the most important of which is the powercast plus at plus.thepowercast.com you get the commercial free version of this show the totally exclusive after the powercast podcast and we have special ebook offers and other good stuff for long-term, five-year, or lifetime subscriptions. To get all the details you need, go to plus.theparacast.com. Once again, that's plus.theparacast.com. We have David Weatherly, Lyle Blackburn, Gene and Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Introducing the fastest growing digital currency company in the world, OneLife. With over 2.1 million members, OneCoin is becoming the most powerful force in digital currency. It reached over a billion dollars in revenue in its first year. No other company has accomplished such an impressive feat. Now you can achieve financial independence with the strength of OneLife. Find out how to build your financial dreams. 877-933-4747. 877-933-4747. Dedicated to helping you create financial abundance. Can your vitamin supplements positively affect your blood in five minutes? Protovite can. Protovite is a genuine breakthrough liquid daily nutrition that delivers quality ingredients into your blood in less than five minutes. Scientifically proven and backed by clinical studies, Protovite supports energy, vitality, and optimal health. Watch our two-minute live blood cell video and see for yourself at vniinc.com slash prohealth. That's vniinc.com slash prohealth. Think you're fat? You might just be bloated. Find out by calling now for a free trial of New Biotics, the new breakthrough that flattens bloated bellies fast. For a free trial, call 1-800-990-1243. Strict limit of one per household. I used to be plagued by pot belly and constant bloating. 
After taking new biotics, my belly flattened and continues to get flatter. My sense of bloating and discomfort is gone. If you've got a big belly, you might not be fat. You might just be bloated. New Biotics is scientifically formulated with natural ingredients to flatten bloated bellies fast by cleansing pounds of rotting food and toxic sludge from your body. It even combats periodic heartburn and acid reflux. If your belly flattening results are too dramatic, simply reduce use to every other day. Think you might be bloated? See how much flatter New Biotics makes your belly. But hurry, call now for details while we're still giving it away for free. 1-800-990-1243. That's 1-800-990-1243. one 800 is negative content or comments on the web affecting your personal or professional reputation? Unfavorable comments, embarrassing pictures, videos, legal documents, and negative articles can ruin your personal life, your career, or your business. It happens a lot, and it's just not fair. But what can you do? ReputationDefender.com can help protect your good name. Get a free consultation now. Call 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Call right now for a free expert reputation analysis. It's easy to squash the unfair attacks with our patented system, and the analysis is absolutely free. Make the best things about you jump out in searches. Protect your personal and professional reputation, your business, and your income. Get your free reputation analysis from ReputationDefender.com right now. Call 800-831-0771. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com today. Hi, Peter Vaccaro for ParanormalDate.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Now you have a chance to change that by signing up for free at ParanormalDate.com. This incredible dating site puts people of like minds together. People who are interested in the strange, the unusual, mysteries, ghosts, UFOs, and the afterlife, and so much more. ParanormalDate.com was developed for you, people seeking a viable alternative to the other dating services. You can join for free by going to ParanormalDate.com, and if you decide you like it and want to connect with people, use the code GEORGE for a substantial discount. Mark Rawlings, president of ParanormalDate.com, says so many people hunger to share their experiences about the paranormal, the unexplainable, or the afterlife, and so much more, and this is the source for them to meet and share that common interest. So sign up for free at ParanormalDate.com, ParanormalDate.com, and use the code GEORGE if you decide to connect with someone you like. This is Micah Hanks of the Grayling Report, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. So then, people, I'm going to bring something up here, which is always a big bugaboo talking about media coverage, and either you, David, or you, Lyle, can jump in, and that is the reality shows. Of course, Chris has been on a few, and once or twice things get a little screwy in the editing room. Are there any, any reality shows providing information about Bigfoot that are worth watching, or is it all just garbage entertainment and garbage out? Well, uh, yes, I think there are some that are, you know, more documentary-based, factual-based, that are, you know, good to watch and... Obviously, a lot of them are just for entertainment, and it's unfortunately hard for people to tell you know, <laughs> the, the difference. The difference, and that's the, that's the problem. I mean, it's fun to watch those shows if you just know what's up. But I mean, personally, I was 
uh, part of a show called Monsters and Mysteries in America. And uh, I was a story producer on the show for one season and appeared on on every season uh, of its three-season run. And I can tell you, um, the people I brought forth, the witnesses, the stories that I developed, those people told their stories, and that's their exact accounts. And these are some that I've written about in my books. And some of these, in fact, some of the people who were on the show were people that I discovered through my research. They had not come forward about their accounts prior uh, and through my investigations for the show, which kind of started when they did a, a Boggy Creek thing. And when whenever that happens, I tend to get called. So that started my relationship with the show. But, uh, you know, there's one example of, of something where I, you know, obviously the reenactments sort of somewhat sensationalized it and they sort of said, you know, would, and, uh, you know, it wasn't 100% there, but, you know, hey, they got to, they got to put some visuals with it. But, you know, the people on there were real people. They weren't fake and they were telling real accounts. So there are cases like that where they're good shows. Monster Quest. Monster Quest. I was going to say that's I've, I've seen know. some very impressive episodes on Monster Quest. Yeah, I mean, good show there. And, you know, well research shows and uh, things like Mountain Monsters. No. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, know. we have a question from one of our posters at forum.theparacast.com, our question bank. Captain Beyond himself, our own Dave M., who's been a longtime member of the Paracast Forum since 2007, he asked a very simple question that's right in line with what we're talking about. How can Bigfoot research be taken seriously when you have programs like Finding Bigfoot on TV? I mean, does that are we running into the giggle factor really adversely uh, impacting scientific and academia's uh, disdain for the subject? I mean, for me, I just don't care. I just do this because I think it's interesting, and I'm not out to, honestly, I'm not out to prove Bigfoot to the world. I, I would like to experience that myself. I'm interested in the subject. I do research, um, you know, because I'm, I'm quite interested. If, if these shows are on there, so be it. I mean, it, it kind of, it sucks because they misrepresent things. I mean, Finding Bigfoot, and I've been on that show, is a... You know, a representation of what research is. It's obviously a television show and not accurate. You know, but if you put the right. camera on most of these research missions, uh, it would be boring and nothing would happen. They have to condense that into something and and make it television. So there's a trade-off there. But uh, I mean, I just can't be bothered with the perception of that because Bigfoot, I think, on the whole, is already a pop culture figure. It's already perceived. People have already made up their mind about it. It's already something they're either interested in and will give it a, you know, some intelligent thought, or they just dismiss it as that's a lot of bunk and they don't care. So yeah. I don't know that it makes it any worse or better. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm kind of with Lyle on that, you know, and I, I sort of go by the old adage that uh, you'll never convince a skeptic and a believer doesn't need proof. Uh, you know, I'm not in this field to prove things to anybody. And my proof on the shows, you guys know, I, I kind of run the whole gamut. I do haunted locations and UFO cases and all this stuff. And, um, you know, the the shows, the paranormal and reality shows in general, it's, it's a real two-edged sword because on the one hand, it does create a certain giggle factor, as you call it, Chris. But, um, you know, from my perspective, the flip side of that is that all things paranormal and, and cryptozoological and so forth have firmly become a part of pop culture now and 
that at the least has created a different level of comfort when it comes to people relating their stories. Uh, you know, when I started in this field, it was really tough to get people to open up and talk about their experiences. Um, and, and it has gotten easier. I mean, there still are those cases where it's difficult, but uh, it, it is seen as being a bit more acceptable, acceptable at this yeah. point. You know, if you saw a ghost or you saw a Sasquatch or a UFO or something, you know, at least in the back of people's minds, well, you know, there's all these shows and, and you know, hundreds of other people have seen them, so it's okay to talk about it. So, uh, it, like anything else, we take the good with the bad, I think. Yeah, there's an upside and a downside. It Absolutely. also brings a lot of wackos out of the uh, out of the oh, world, yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I agree. It's it's a plus side that people are more willing to talk about it, uh, so it, it has brought forth. I mean, you know, there's been several because uh, I would get, Obviously, the the uh, the guy that called about called about the leg and all that thing that came because he saw Finding Bigfoot and that that came through Cliff Berrickman and and he sends it to me because it's in here in Texas, so you know I see that as that guy would have never said anything but he saw it on TV and goes well maybe it was a Bigfoot you know I had no idea in the seventies so let me call these folks and see if they can answer the question so there's good to it. Yeah, let's, uh, you know, I want to talk, the show's uh, zipping by here. Uh, Lyle, why don't you give us a quick uh, thumbnail sketch of the Giants of the Piney Woods, uh, your uh, contribution to Volume 1 of the Journal of Susquatch Research, uh, published by David's Leprechaun Press. Well, this, this was a really great opportunity because I have really yet to write about my own home state of Texas in regards to, to the Bigfoot history, and so... Um, this was a, a perfect uh, size and it was a chapter and something that I could, um, you know, have a little bit more free form. I didn't have to think about a whole book. It was just like a concise um, view of, of my view of Texas Bigfoot history. And so it's, it's a little bit of starts with a little bit of my personal experience of growing up here in Texas and having family who was from the eastern portion of the state which is called the Piney Woods, and that's where the majority of Bigfoot sightings come from. Texas, obviously, people have a notion of the state being sort of this cowboy land with arid uh, scrub brush and, and things like that. And certainly, West Texas. Yeah, it does have that in the West, where, uh, you know, where it's di much different than you find in the, in the eastern portion, which is very uh, heavily forested, uh, pine thickets, very swampy even. And uh, it's, it goes against what most average person's view of Texas is. And so even as a boy traveling through parts of Texas, you know, I was really enamored with that East Texas um, forestry. And so, you know, I kind of went through a process of coming to learn that there were Bigfoot sightings in my own state. You know, I previously as a kid, I thought this was in the Pacific Northwest. I'd seen the Patterson film. And as I became an adult and started researching, I found that there is quite an extensive history of sightings of man apes in this area. So this, uh, my article, Giants of the Piney Woods, was just my uh, take on the history um, and the veracity of the sightings here in East Texas and the possibility that a creature like this could actually be in Texas. And so uh, that, that's really uh, was what it was. And it was, a, it was, you know, a great honor really to be included with such great authors. I mean, many of these are, you know, some I've looked up to for quite some time and to be in a book with, with that level of, 
of writer uh, brotherhood and sisterhood. And it was just amazing. So we're definitely going to have a lot more to talk about in the remaining five segments of this week's episode, exploring Bigfoot, giving you an update as to what's going on with research from the cutting edge people involved directly, Lyle Blackburn, David Weatherly. You're on with Gene and with Chris. You're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive Paracast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items and entails T-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the Paracast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of T-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com. Stop by and take a shopping tour. By now, you know that wireless technology like cell phones do, in fact, pose dangers to the health and privacy of everyone. Blocket Pocket's wide range of products are unmatched in providing the protection you deserve. No scare tactics, just common sense. BlockitPocket.com offers quality, American-made options to alleviate and eliminate these invisible dangers. Learn more at BlockitPocket.com or call 888-315-9618. BlockitPocket.com, enhancing health and privacy. Has neck, back, or shoulder pain got you down? Go to sunshine-pillows.com and get soothing comfort, support, and pain relief fast. Their microwavable heat therapy pillows and wraps treat neck and shoulder pain, reduce stress, and relax the soul. An ergonomic pillow from Sunshine Pillows supports your head and neck on long trips or when simply resting at home. Be good to yourself. Visit sunshine-pillows.com, sunshine-pillows.com. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Hello? Congratulations. For what? For losing all that weight. How'd you do it so fast? ASAP. ASAP what? What's that mean? Are you ready to get as skinny as possible, as soon as possible, as simple as possible, and as sexy as possible? I'm listening. Then get with the ASAP program. It's real and it works. No smooth talk, no slick advertising, and no exaggerated claims of success. I've got to know more. Welcome to ASAP, as slim as possible. Whether you have 10, 20, or 50 pounds to lose, ASAP is your 
your weight loss answer. ASAP targets the abnormal fat reserves and makes them available to be burned as fuel and contains no caffeine or hormones. Order ASAP at wholesale prices or join the team to share the business with others. Go to GCNteam.com or call 855-GCN-MALL. That's 855-426-6255. GCNteam.com or 855-426-6255. Lose weight and look great with ASAP, as slim as possible. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Hi, this is Joshua P. Warren, author of The Poor Man's Paranormal, and you're listening to The Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Chris has spent many years perfecting his Bigfoot imitation, right? (laughs) Good, good catch. I've been trying to do a Bigfoot, and I'm getting closer. Keep trying. I need. I need that. Need that. That. That ULF. Uh, that seventeen cycle, kind of glottal thunder, though, which I don't have the effects rack here. It's in the studio, so I can't can't come up with the real deal. But I'm trying. Well, you know, he's also using an old conversion. It's now seventeen hertz. Yeah, but right. but I am on a Yeti microphone. So, right. Hey, this is interesting here about the show. David, you've got a Yeti, right? Or a Yeti Pro. You have a Yeti mic. Chris has a Yeti mic. We're talking about Bigfoot. And I'm using a Spark right now from Blue. But I do have in front of me, right before my aging, decrepit eyes here, a Blue Yeti Pro. Isn't that an evidence of synchronicity? I need one of those, apparently. (laughs) Brilliant mind sync alike or something like that. Um, well, let's let's get back to talking about Woodnox, Volume One of the Journal of Sasquatch Research, with our authors uh, Lyle Blackburn and, and David Weatherly, who also uh, you could say was the publisher of this as well and, and produced this. Um, David, one of the most intriguing uh, sets of information and research about hairy hominids in, in North America, I think is contained in Native American lore, something that's fascinated me since I was a kid. I've gone out of my way to uh, to try to dig up traditional information uh, that goes back pre-European um, influence here in North America about these creatures. What did you find? And, and uh, why don't you give us a, a quick overview of the subject and then tell us about some of the uh, very compelling reports that you include in the book uh, coming from uh, the Navajo Reservation. Well, sure. My piece in the book is called Big Man on the Reservation, and it specifically focuses on accounts from the Navajo Reservation. Um, Similar to what Lyle was talking about, this is a region that, you know, a lot of people who have never been there, they have a very defined uh, idea of what the Navajo Reservation is like. If they know anything about it, they've probably seen a picture of Shiprock, and they think it's all just, you know, one big piece of flat land with uh, <laughs> rocks cropping up here. And that's really not the case. It, it's it's a massive territory to begin with. It's the largest Native American reservation 
in the country. It's just over 27,000 square miles. Territory spans into three states, uh, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico. And within that space, there's only about 300,000 people. So, you know, we're talking about a very stark, what I think is a stunning landscape. And you can literally travel through a lot of the reservation and just not see anyone. Uh, as with anywhere else, the population is mostly concentrated around the, the cities that are on the reservation. It's pretty compelling. You know, the Navajos, to a certain degree, are still a very closed culture, like a lot of Native American tribes are. But they have a long history of these, you know, creatures that has part of their tribal lore. And, you know, things are seen to different degrees depending on who you talk to. But, you know, they're sort of spiritual beings. They're, they're creatures who exist, uh, rather coexist with the Navajos. But, you know, they're seen as something to basically leave alone. And I heard that so many times talking to different natives, you know, yeah, we know about them, but we leave them alone. And um, there's this whole idea that I've actually found among a lot of tribes around the country, um, this old tradition that at some point there was conflict between the natives and these giants, you know, and, and they all have their own tribal words to describe these creatures. Uh, it usually variously translates as a hairy giant or, or you know, big man, you know, things like this. And um, you hear some pretty intriguing stories when you travel around the country and talk to some of these natives. And this concept recurs again and again that there was a period of conflict between the two uh, species and that at some point that stopped or they came to peace or whatever, and now they sort of just try to leave each other alone. And, man, you hear these stories on the Navajo reservation and, and on other reservations around the country where, you know, people will report these creatures coming up and, you know, stealing grain or, or snagging one of their sheep or chickens or something and, and going off. And uh, the natives leave them alone because they think it's better to stay at peace with these creatures rather than coming into conflict with them again. Um, you know, one of the stunning things I have found, a lot of reports on the Navajo Reservation talk about these creatures being between 10 and 12 feet tall. Yeah. And, you know, the first time I heard that, I just, I almost had a hard time wrapping my head around it because, I don't know if there's any kind of national average or anything in, in Sasquatch. I've never looked at that. But so, you know, it's so common to hear sizes within the, the seven to nine feet range. But, you know, now sitting down talking to a family who all, you know, swears that they saw this creature that was 12 feet tall. And again, these are people who have no reason to make up these stories or lie about it. You know, they, they give a, a very honest, detailed account of what they saw and encountered. It's just, it's one of those things that, you know, you really have to sit back and kind of try to wrap your head around. But again, being on the Navajo Reservation and having spent time on it, uh, it, it to me, it's not inconceivable because here's another area that is, you know, sparsely populated. There's a lot of, of space and places where these things could essentially live and travel about and just be, you know, not bothered by average people on a daily basis. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. You should mention the um, the size, uh, very large size, uh, often reported from that part of the world. If you go just north and 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 east of there, up to the Hickory Apache Reservation, you find the same thing that you routinely uh, have reports from nine to even twelve feet tall um, coming from the um, 
South Mountain Ute uh, Reservation and the uh, the Hickorya Reservation, which would be north and east of the Dabaho Reservation. And then if you go down south of the reservation to the uh, White Mountain Apache Reservation, in 2007, there was a flurry of sightings of a horny Bigfoot that was actually a peeping tom. It would it would wait for couples to uh, go to bed and wait for them to uh, start start having some fun. And it would sit in, uh, outside and watch through the window. And after about the third or fourth report of, uh, of this, uh, a call was made. Fortunately, a squad car happened to be going by on that road and was there within seconds of the of the 911 call being called in. And the officers saw saw the creature. Uh, it was illuminated in the headlights. They got incredible, uh, you know, footprint, uh, physical evidence. Uh, they even went on uh, the Phoenix, uh, one of the Phoenix network affiliates and actually talked about about the cases in, um, you know, on on camera. So. I think we're seeing um, possibly a little bit more of a, you know, less reluctance, uh, let's put it this way, to keep these uh, reports secret on the res. And I think we're seeing more people coming forward. Um, you mentioned the, the two Navajo Rangers, uh, uh, Stan, John and Stanley, right? Right. Yeah, John Dover and Stanley Milford. And, you know, I um, those guys, I, I have an awful lot of respect for those guys because they are – Obviously, they're Navajo, and they've really stepped outside the boundaries a lot in terms of traditional Navajo belief because uh, they are actively investigating claims of the paranormal, reports of these cryptids, and they will openly talk about things like Sasquatch, UFOs, uh, skinwalkers. And, you know, for anyone who knows even a little bit about the Navajo culture, that is sort of yeah. mind-boggling because, you know, for instance, the, the term skinwalker, you know, traditional Navajos won't even say the word because the belief is that uh, just speaking that term will draw their attention. So, yeah. right. Uh, so, you know, these guys are, um, they're, they're really cutting edge, I think. And they're out there saying, no, we want to look at this phenomena and come to an understanding of what we're dealing with. So they really sort of walk between both worlds, you know, their, their uh, traditional beliefs and openness to approach these supernatural topics and, and get the information out there and, and examine the cases and the evidence. And that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Uh, one of the things that I was always uh, fascinated by as a kid is hearing stories from in the Pacific Northwest related to Native American traditions that almost have an echo of the King Kong uh, meme, where the tribe presents every, I think, four years was in, in one uh, case that comes to mind, uh, one version of the story. Every four years, they would present the Sasquatch with a, a maiden essentially, who would be staked out uh, basically as a gift to them to kind of keep the peace. We return to Skull Island in a moment. That's the island where, of course, they have King Kong. We have David, Lyle, Gene, and Chris. You're in the Paracast. You are listening to GCN. Visit GCNlive.com today. Attack of the Rockoids has been well-received by critics and readers alike. It's a -a thrill-a-minute story you'll never forget. 
A former U.S. military intelligence officer is haunted by intense dreams about a beautiful woman pleading for his help after a terrible battle in outer space. But the dreams turn out to be true and thrust him into a telepathic love affair with a woman whose faraway planet is intent on destroying the Earth. And now the gripping tale continues in The Coming of the Protectors. It's the second book of the Rockoids trilogy, a galaxy-spanning adventure that pits our hapless heroes against powerful, fanatical enemies that threaten the lives of freedom-loving beings everywhere. Attack of the Rockoids and The Coming of the Protectors, classic science fiction at its best, available now. For more details, visit rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. This is Dan Pilla. Do you owe the IRS money you can't pay? Are tax debts crippling you? I've defended people from the IRS for over 30 years. I've helped thousands and I can help you too. I wrote the book on IRS settlement and I'm telling you, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. Call 800-34-NO-TAX to finally get free of IRS debt. With the IRS's new programs, there's never been a better time to solve your problem. Call 800-34-NO-TAX. That's 800-34-NO-TAX or my website, danpilla.com. So you've got to take a state construction license exam or certification. Can't decide on what books or what chapters to study? Discover right now how you can eliminate unnecessary books and wasted study time. At ContractorExam.com, our study materials zero in on state-required test topics in an effective, multiple-choice format. So whether you're a plumber, electrician, general contractor, or other construction-related trade, ContractorExam.com will help get you prepared. Visit us at www.ContractorExam.com today. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. For people who are getting into Bigfoot lore now, we always are asked this about UFOs, we might as well cover this with regard to this subject. What's a starting point? What should they look for, listen to, follow up on to get a smattering of what's going on? Woodnots, volume one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Seriously, you know, I get asked that question all the time. I think a great starting point is Jeff Meldrum's Sasquatch, uh, Legend Meets Science. That's that's a great book. If you're talking about research. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because there's a lot of ways. It depends on... Yeah, what you want to look into, uh, Meldrum's book is obviously more science-y based and mm-hmm. something like uh, uh, John Green, you know, Sasquatch, the Apes Among Us is more, you know, just kind of give you a overview of sightings, you know, and the, the depth of this mystery. That was my first book, which I still have. Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, boy, there's a, and there's a lot of good books out there. I mean, there's just been so many. Lyle's book on Boggy Creek, man, I, I got to plug that. I, I think this is one of the best books in the field easily and within the last 10 years uh, because, you know, the <laughs> that film, almost everybody, you know, within our age range that's in this field now will cite that as one of their early influences. And I, I remember seeing that in the drive-in. And, <laughs> you know, it was just... Uh, um, it was mind-boggling and eye-opening at the same time. Up until that time, you know, all of the reports I had heard about Sasquatch were coming out of the Pacific Northwest. 
And, you know, now here's this movie based on true events about a creature that's roaming around, you know, Arkansas. And that was that was pretty cool to me. It was, you know, like I said, it was really eye-opening. I was like, oh, my gosh, these things are, are other places, too. And uh, no one had really dug in and examined, you know, the whole thing, the reports and, and all the aspects of the Falcon Monster until Lyle did it. So I, you know, full disclosure, Lyle's a really good friend of mine, uh, but I swear this book is just, it's outstanding. It really is. So we don't use Harry and the Hendersons. As an example uh, of learning about Bigfoot. No. Well, <laughs> well, some in the field might. You know? <laughs> it reflects some, you know, uh, you know, real aspects of, of it with, uh, you know, the, the Bigfoot hunter and the guy who owns the museum. Those are very real things even today. But, you know, it, yeah, there's just a lot out there. And, and thank you, David, uh, for your comments on the Beast of Boggy Creek. Um I think uh, in some ways, you know, my, my book appealed to a broader audience because it, you know, was talking about uh, a cult classic horror film as well. And I know I've kind of opened the eye, opened eyes because somebody who's read that reads my book and sees, wow, there's some truth behind this. And this is, uh, you know, while it was an entertaining film, it was based on real life reports that turned out to be something that has continued on in that area. And I think people that read my book thought, oh, this is level-headed. And wow, if that's true, well, big, I want to look into Bigfoot. And I've had, other, I've had people follow up and ask me, well, what else should I read? That's, that's great. This is cool stuff. And so, yeah, I started referring them to John Green and, um, you know, stuff like that. And, and then, you know, you just kind of branch out as you go. Let's turn that around. What should they avoid in learning about Bigfoot? the books or the researchers who are not really advancing the cause of, of learning more about these creatures. Shaking their moneymaker. Exactly. Hoping to make money from it, which of course in these fields doesn't happen very often. I'd weigh in and say if you're just starting in the field and you're interested, focus before you're out there in the field, focus on some solid research with the titles that we've mentioned and avoid uh, a couple of things. One, sitting for hours watching, you know, purported Bigfoot footage on YouTube. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, avoid examining the, the blob squash photos and all those types of things. And, uh, you know, sidestep some of the reality shows for now. They're, within the, the field in general, whether it's cryptozoology or hauntings or whatever, we've got a whole generation that's coming up terming themselves investigators and using as their credential the fact that they've seen, you know, every episode of Finding Bigfoot or, you know, Ghost Adventures or what, you know, fill in the blank. Those shows, while there is a, a side of validity to them, they are entertainment and they're not true representations of what it's like to actively look for this creature. Yeah, I agree that don't get caught up in those blob squatch videos and trying to analyze those things. It's just kind of a waste of time. There's, those are not of the quality to prove anything. Look into the Patterson film. Obviously, that's something to know about. There's uh, Bill Munns has written a, a good book on that. There's plenty of books. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, if somebody's got their notepad out, here's, the, here's a couple of names to look up. Uh, John Green, you know, Jeff Meldrum, of course, Dr. Grover Krantz, K-R-A-N-T-Z. And Lauren Coleman has a great book, uh, Bigfoot, The True Story of Apes in America is one. Um, and the Bigfoot Case Book, those give you a good, you know, solid view of, 
of what's going out on out there. And then you can just sort of use that to branch off. You've got some knowledge, some background. And then when you look at these, you know, blob squatches, you got a little more uh, buffer zone between that and, and good writing and good research. Right. And, and do uh, keep in mind, this is a worldwide phenomenon. Uh, there are these types of reports on virtually every continent, except maybe Antarctica, uh, on the planet. Uh, Hatcher Childress's book, Sasquatch Yetis and Hairy Giants, I think is a good book that gives you a well-rounded look at the Almasty, uh, the Yetis, uh, the Wild Men, the Orang Pendak. Uh, there's a number of of very famous cultural examples of these creatures uh, all over the world. So, again, this isn't just a North American phenomenon. This is a worldwide phenomenon. And there is a bit of a, a research curve. And I think anyone that's coming into the field and is interested in this subject should have a well-rounded knowledge of how, how this is manifesting uh, elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with that, Chris. Well put. Um, let's kind of uh, shake it up here a little bit. We we do have some questions at the question bank here at the Paracast. Uh, if you want to write questions uh, and post them in our question bank, we'll read them uh, out and ask our guests for you. This one goes to Lyle. You know, we were talking blob squatches. Here's another phenomenon that seems to have taken on a life of its own. Lyle, uh, YouTube is rife with videos of people usually of influence and power, inadvertently being caught allegedly slightly shape-shifting. To give you an example, their eyes become elongated like lizards. Uh, I've even been accused of being a lizard person, believe it or not. <laughs> Wait a minute. Ooh, ooh, stop, oh, yeah. stop. Yeah, there was Hold the-, the phone here, folks. <laughs> okay, a lizard person, Chris O'Brien. Oh, yeah. I've heard many things about you. I've heard grumpy Chris. Yeah, I'm Political a Chris. And now, Lizard Chris. He's a reptilian. Yeah. Um, uh, that was going to be my follow-up to Lizard Man was <laughs> yeah. Chris Man, the reptilian. This explains all those Bloody Marys you were drinking down at the UFO Congress when we were down there, Chris. Oh, okay. Uh, Virgin Marys, but uh, who's, who's, who's uh, squabbling? Well, what do you think, uh, other than the fact that obviously they're dealing with gross uh, YouTube compression of the video and, and you're seeing pixels jumping all over in any video, uh, what do you make of, of this particular kind of phenomenon? And the, the last part of the question says, have you ever seen one that, that gave you pause? I have. Honestly, I'm not really, it's like the blob squatches. I just don't look much into that because it's just, there's just no way to tell. I mean, I'm quite familiar with all the theories and the reptilian thing. And having written Lizard Man, I have to go into that territory. But, um, you know, I just don't find it offers much solid proof of anything, those videos, you know, I would have to see a much more drastic transformation of one of these lizard creatures. And, you know, possibly that's, if, if they do exist, that is their forte is to not reveal very much, but I don't find anything in those videos to give me any kind of solid proof of, of anything. It's just like the blob squatches. It's looking for things in places where it may or may not exist. Let's break here, folks. We've got Lyle, David, Gene, and Chris slithering to our next segment. You're in the award winning Graphic Converter 10. 
the universal genius for photo editing apps on your Mac. Join over one and a half million loyal users for the Swiss Army Knife app. It gives you all the features that you expect. And most important, it's easy to use. You can get it for just $39.95 from www.lemkesoft.com. That's www.lemkesoft.com. As you know, neighbors, web hosting can be pretty cheap, but not all hosting is the same. DreamHost wins best of awards year after year. You get unlimited disk space, unlimited bandwidth, and even the low-cost plans put your sites on high-performance SSDs. Want to know more about what DreamHost has to offer? Go to technightowl.com host. Once again, that's technightowl.com host. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Injury help desk is responsible for this advertisement. Principal office, Las Vegas, Nevada. This ad is not legal advice, and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention prescription antibiotic drug users. Have you or a loved one suffered an aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm after taking the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox? These popular antibiotic drugs have been prescribed more than 80 million times since 2004, and medical studies show an increased risk of the following injuries. Aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, and abdominal aortic aneurysm. If you or a loved one used the prescription antibiotic drugs Levaquin or Avalox and suffered from aortic dissection, aortic aneurysm, or abdominal aortic aneurysm, you may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. Act now. Time is limited to file a claim. You may be entitled to substantial financial compensation. For a free consultation and free information, call Injury Help Desk at 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. 800-823-3851. We use mobile devices right against our bodies every day, but growing scientific evidence has emerged showing serious health risks associated with exposure to EMF radiation emitted from these devices. The solution is Defender Shield, the most effective mobile radiation shielding ever developed. Defender Shield blocks virtually 100% of EMF radiation from cell phones, tablets, and laptops and starts at just $64.99. Buy now at DefenderShield.com. For 10% off, use promo code GCN. DefenderShield.com, the worldwide leader in mobile radiation shielding. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, the inventor of my pillow. And like all of you out there, I had problems sleeping. Pillows would go flat. I would flip-flop all night long. I would wake up with a sore neck, maybe a headache, or feel like I needed a nap even though I slept eight hours. When I invented my pillow, I wanted it to where you could move the patented fill to give you the exact support you need as an individual, regardless of sleep position. My pillow will get you into that deep REM sleep faster and you will stay there longer. It's not about how much time we spend in bed, it's about how much of that quality sleep we get. I do all of my own manufacturing right here in the United States. I have a 10-year warranty. You can wash and dry my pillow, and I give you a 60-day money-back guarantee so you have nothing to lose. And here's my best offer ever. You can buy one of my pillows and get one absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com or call 800-870-0305 and use promo code GCN. That's MyPillow.com or 800-870-0305 with promo code GCN. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. 
This is Jacques Vallée, and you're listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. Is that like the creature from Lord of the Rings or something, my precious? <laughs> I was trying to get the, the long S in there with a little, little clicky T at the end. Moving right along, you know, again, folks, when you're looking on the Internet, assume a mundane explanation. And like Lyle said, unless it's something that's just, you know, you'll probably hear about it before you'll see it if it's real. Uh, chances are because it'll be so sensational. But, uh, you know, just assume that these things are not real and assume there's a mundane explanation before you uh, begin uh, sharing these things, liking them, uh, and giving them more legs that they don't deserve. And I think I think our guests would agree with that. Um, David, we have a question from one of our recent uh, guests on the show, uh, Walter Bosley, who's um, author of a number of books that uh, look at the great airship wave and a possible breakaway civilization that may have been responsible for some of these uh, sighting reports back in the 1890s. He's an ex-investigator uh, for the Air Force and the FBI, counterintelligence expert, and uh, we're very grateful to have him asking questions on our question bank. So Walter says, you know, he confesses that he's not personally familiar with the details of your black-eyed children research or the, the BEK phenomenon. So he says, forgive my ignorance, but what have you found, if anything, in comparative analysis of this phenomenon and these reports and those of fairy folklore? Um, have you found some sort of cool uh, you know, Magonian-type uh, connection between uh, the BEK phenomenon and, and fairy reports from, from uh, history? Oh, wow. That's a big question. <laughs> I'm not sure how to give a short answer to that, but essentially, I'd say, yes, there are some connections. Um, simply because, you know, we seem to be dealing with something, in terms of the black-eyed children, I think we're dealing with something that is interdimensional in nature. And when you start delving into those areas, there does seem to be a lot of crossover. You know, there are connections between uh, some of the accounts of BEKs and some of the ancient accounts of, uh, you know, fairy encounters. This sense of distorted time or missing time, you know, these these various uh, feelings and experiences. There, there are some connections in terms of, for instance, the lore of the changeling in Europe. You know, this idea that the fae would come and, and switch someone and take their place, essentially, and... You know, there are, are some correlations there uh, without really going into detail. I mean, I, I think that's the short answer that I can give is, is yeah, that's – but that's something we could easily spend, in, you know, a whole show exploring. Exactly. And I've noticed that there seems to be a slight uptick in reports lately of BEK sightings. We've had a flurry of, of, of sightings here within the last couple of months. To, have you been looking into some of these recent reports? Uh, what do you make of them? Oh, God, I, I get so many of these on a regular basis. And what's stunning about it is that, you know, there's other people who are sort of following the phenomena and collecting reports and uh, other researchers, and they get different reports than I do. So there's definitely an upswing in the number of cases. And simultaneously, what's happening is that a lot of people are, are sort of digging back through old cases, you know, prior to television and the Internet. And they're turning up a lot of the things that, um, you know, a lot of these old cases that clearly fit 
the same parameters. And that was something that I did when I researched the book. I really wanted to find, you know, what was the connection here? Is this a new phenomena uh, with an urban legend connection, or is it something that's been here the whole time? And one of the things I found when I did my research is if you strip out that acronym, B-E-K, or Black-Eyed Children, you just look for the parameters of the encounters. There are a lot of old cases. It's just that people were, you know, using whatever their cultural or religious beliefs at the time were to identify the same thing. Uh, so, you know, somebody might encounter one of these things in the 1950s and, you know, say that they met a demon or something demonic, you know, or the devil, uh, because that's the only way they had to explain it. Uh, the term wasn't around. So it's pretty stunning how many of these cases are now surfacing. Yeah. How about you, Lyle? Um, I remember when we had you on the show, we had a fascinating discussion about the, the outbreak of lizard uh, man reports. Where was that in Georgia, I think, right? Uh, South Carolina. South Carolina, rather. Okay, sorry, I, 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 I'm corrected here. One of the more unusual uh, types of crypto uh, uh, sightings, uh, have we seen any uh, recent sightings? I'm sure if there were any, you'd probably be, be the one that would hear about them. Have we seen any more of these types of, of very rare sightings? No, I haven't heard of any credible lizard man sightings lately, or reptilian humanoid sightings, so to speak. Um, right. Now, of course, when my book came out and I, I did, as always, I got some additional reports from people in other places around the country that had past sightings. There were none that were, they were more current. There was one that was, I would, I would say, within about three years ago. It wasn't, you know, I mean, as current as it gets. And some of those dated back, uh, you know, to the 90s, the 80s, other things. So I did get more just from people who had really never reported it, you know, uh, when I did the research for the book, obviously I went and not only in the Bishopville Lizardman case of South Carolina, which is sort of the pinnacle famous one, but, uh, you know, I looked at other similar reports around North America. And so it was cool to have other reports come in. Uh, but, the, you know, they're, they're few and far between. They're not like Bigfoot reports where I can get, you know, mul- multiple reports a week, not not to mention all the other guys that research this that find them, but, um, you know, the Lizard Man, but it, it kind of interests me that way because it's a little more unique. It's a little more uh, strange and, and obscure type of cryptid, and so it's, it's, it's quality over quantity, I think, in the Lizard Man research. Yeah. How about worldwide? Is this something I, I, I would imagine with the types of, of of folklore and legends that you see, especially in Asia, around the Nagas and uh, um, in China, dragons, which are very reminiscent of, of a lizard man type uh, uh, description. What have you found about more contemporary sighting uh, incidents or, or reports from uh, from around the world? Is this something that we're seeing elsewhere? I didn't find a lot. I, now, I didn't you know, in the scope of the research, sort of, I used the North American continent, which, you know, the, mostly in the book, I focus on that, that one case. But, uh, you know, I didn't do a lot of research into international, but uh, as far as I've seen, I just haven't seen a lot of Lizardman sightings on an international level. Uh, although, you know, if you start digging back through, you know, history, folklore, and everything else, you've, you've got a definite trend of sort of this archetype of humanoid reptilian combinations with, you know, P 
people with lizard heads and you've got gods and other characters. So this, this sort of thing has been present throughout time. And now in the modern era, I'm kind of looking at when people report seeing this more in the physical sense, not in terms right. of, you know, here it's a folklore creature, but somebody actually saw something that they described as reptilian uh, walking on two legs. It's just a frightening notion and sort of, you know, piques my interest in this sort of a modern day creature from the Black Lagoon uh, type case. So, Before we talk about the creature from the Black Lagoon. No, we're not going to talk about that. Lyle, David, Gene, and Chris, you're in the Paracast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. Paid non-attorney spokesperson Adam Pulaski of the Pulaski Law Firm with principal office in Houston, Texas is the attorney responsible for the content of this ad. This ad is not legal advice and the choice of a lawyer should not be based solely upon advertisement. Services may not be available in all states. Attention Zarelto users. If you or a loved one took Zarelto and suffered a serious bleeding event, you may be entitled to financial compensation. Zarelto is a popular prescription blood thinner used to prevent blood clots and protect patients from strokes. These serious bleeding events have led to numerous cases of hospitalization and even death. Phone lines are open 24-7. Call 800-261-0937. That's 800-261-0937. My computer is so slow, it's making me crazy. I used to have that problem. Did you quit using a computer or, or did you buy a new one? No, I called Geeks on site. They made an appointment to visit my home and showed up the same day. You mean they didn't ask you to bring your computer to a shop? That's what happened when I called a support company. Geeks on site can go to your home or business or even repair your computer online. They have 24-7 emergency service. If you're having problems with your PC or Mac, call Geeks on site. 1-800-591-1682. Our friendly certified computer repair Repair experts are available 24-7. Call now for a free diagnosis. 1-800-591-1682. Data recovery, virus removal, and maintenance for all laptops, desktops, printers, and networks. That's Geeks on Site for friendly, certified computer repair experts available 24-7 over the phone or in your home or business. Just call 1-800-591-1682. That's 1-800-591-1682. 1-800-591-1682. Have you checked your Google search results lately? Search results are usually the first impression that people form of you or your business. So make sure that they create a positive impression with ReputationDefender.com. What the Internet says about you can have a big impact on your life and your livelihood, even if it's not true. Fortunately, you can now control how you look online and in online search results with ReputationDefender.com. Call 800-831-0771 now. That's 800-831-0771 for your free reputation. 
reputation analysis. If you have negative material from an ex-employee, upset patient, or former client, newspaper, article, legal issue, social media, or other source showing up in your search results, you can combat it with ReputationDefender.com. Our dedicated experts in patented technology can help make your online search results look their best. Call 800-831-0771 to learn more. 800-831-0771. That's 800-831-0771. Or visit ReputationDefender.com. Warning. If you're drowning in debt you can't afford, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to pay it all back. Because you don't. What the credit card companies don't want you to know is that there's actually a way to get debt-free without paying off your entire debt or going bankrupt. If you have $5,000 or more in credit card debt, you now have the right to settle that debt for a fraction of what you owe. For free information, call Credit Associates now. 1-800-954-9674. We'll even show you how much money you could save. If you can't afford to pay off all your debt, do not let the credit card companies trick you into thinking that you have to. Call Credit Associates now for free information on how to get debt-free faster than you ever thought possible without debt consolidation or bankruptcy. We depend on your success and offer a guarantee so there's no risk. For free information, call now. 1-800-954-9674. That's 1-800-954-9674. 1 1-800-954-9674. 1-800-954-9674. Hi, it's Grant Cameron from PresidentialUFO.com. You're listening to the Paracast the gold standard of paranormal radio. I thought Chris was going to say the Black Lagoon. You know, Chris, we've got some of that lore right here in the Southwest because yeah. when you go down around the Superstition Mountains, which is another you know very strange area I've spent some time, uh, there's a lot of legends revolving around these, these lizard beings. And, and there, you know, there's tribal lore that um, parts of the superstitions are, are just taboo land. There's a legend that the king of the, the lizard people, you know, lives within the superstition mountains. And, uh, you know, there's there's tribal stories about these bipedal lizard creatures uh, that live in, in caves and tunnels underneath those mountains. So, you know, this is something that I think is uh, very widespread. Like Lyle said, there's a lot of mythology around the world and, and there's a lot of uh, tribal lore from different cultures that talk about uh, these, you know, lizard bipedal lizard creatures. So, whatever these things are, it seems to be you know firmly implanted to some degree in our tribal memory, so to speak. Yeah, I, I just recently did a um, uh, a shootout at Mount Lassen for the Mysteries of National Parks. So, I think it's on that geo and. They wanted me to talk about reptilians that lived under Mount Lassen. So they said, Chris, why don't you tell us about the reptilians that live under Mount Lassen? And I said, well, according to my knowledge and according to my research, there's not one single reference anywhere that talks about reptilians living under Mount Lassen. <laughs> and the guy laughed at me and said, okay, you're really funny. Uh, Chris, why don't you tell us about reptilians? I said, well, there is not one shred of evidence that would suggest that. <laughs> you tell and uh, he realized I was serious, so he had a he had a tough interview, very <laughs> tough. And I'm sure you guys probably would have responded the same way I did. I did say that if I was a reptilian and I had a choice of where to live, I'd probably want to live somewhere in a volcano because I'm cold blooded and I need the warmth. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, certainly yeah. Bigfoot would hate this part of Arizona. Like today is one of our cold days. It's 83 degrees right now in Mesa, Arizona. Now, yeah. this week, it's not going to go above 100 until Saturday and the day the show is broadcast. It'll be 99 and raining. I guess that's not the proper place for Bigfoot, huh? Well, no. The Mogollon Monster is very famous along the uh, the southern edge of the Colorado Plateau. We've had, like I said, sightings in 2007. I think there were five or six. We've had sightings near Ash Fork, Williams, uh, Page Springs, um, up on the rim uh, just by Lake Mary. Last year, there was a sighting last November um, outside of Flagstaff. So they tend to stick to, in, in the higher elevations. Uh, you don't hear of reports or claims of sightings uh, down in the Sonoran Desert, for instance. But there was a lizard man report that was filed about three or four years ago uh, outside of Tucson by some mountain bikers who, who That's right. were really freaked out about it. Now, just and, to point out in terms of comparisons, the temperature in Williams, Arizona, as we speak, is 76 to 83 where I am. But the temperature is going to be anywhere from 10 to 20 degrees colder than the Phoenix area. Of course, Tucson is pretty hot usually. Right. Well, I could see lizard men wanting to live in the Sonoran Desert, but Bigfoot, you know, with that big old fur coat that he's uh, perpetually wearing, it, it no wonder they smell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, that would create a skunk ape right there for sure. You got it, man. This So, man, you, you, you're triple digits for almost four months out of the year down there. And uh, I'll tell you, uh, there's no antiperspirant deodorant that's going to, to even put a dent in uh, the smell that I smelled on, on the right at the base of Mount Shasta in 79. Oh, my God. I have never smelled anything as foul in my life. I don't know if you guys have ever smelled it, but it's, it's not something that, that you can even get out of your nose. You can still smell it. So, anyway, moving right along. Keep it well, down, guys. I do have a, another question at the question bank for our guests, and I think this is kind of for both of you, and it comes from Greer's Meeting Planner. Now, how's that for a avatar on a forum? Uh, I guess that's homage to Stephen Greer, uh, I would assume. Anyway, he's been a uh, member of the Paracast for exactly one year. Welcome back, Greer's Meeting Planner. Assuming Susquash is an Earth-based mammal and product of evolution, these animals would need numbers in the hundreds to maintain a healthy breeding population. Any thoughts and how a whole breeding population may avoid discovery? Well, we kind of we've already addressed that that second point but what about the genealogy we're talking about real small numbers of creatures uh you, you know you do have to have a certain number of of different genetic lines to maintain a viable population before you start running into six-toed bigfoots with uh you know weird physical deformities um i have heard a report of a crippled bigfoot once um so Maybe that does happen, but but how do they maintain a healthy breeding population with such few numbers and and in so widely scattered, I guess, bands, if you will? Lyle, you want to tackle that one first? Well, I think under those parameters, we would have to assume that they do, you know, travel uh, large, you know, territories and that therefore intermingle with each other, and that might explain some of the sightings. Uh, you know, they seem to be just about everywhere, but, you know, it could be the same individuals being seen here and there as they move and they would need to, you know, uh, 
intermingle that way. They're not just they are not just in one small area with you know twenty Bigfoot interbreeding. Uh, although, of course, the interbreeding is 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 possible, and that might explain some of the three-toed tracks, the four-toed tracks, because the feet are one of the things that uh, will be the first to deform during uh, low populations and inbreeding. So, you know, the fact that we do have reports of various toes and various shapes of foot, you know, it could explain that. But, you know, ultimately, there would have to be enough population to sustain themselves and they would have to have a wide range of territory to roam, you know, such as, I mean, mountain lions, they they range Mm -hmm. throughout a huge territory, you know, hundreds of miles often, and, you know, they're often seen as solitary creatures or here and there, but somehow they maintain their population and breed and interbreed, uh, avoid that, and so, you know, Bigfoot would conceivably operate the same way. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, David? Yeah, I, Lyle gave a great answer, and the mountain lion analogy is a very good one. You know, we have very healthy populations of mountain lions around the country, by by all evidence. You know, one thing I would add on this discussion is that there's a real misconception, I think, among a lot of people that, you know, a large population of these creatures just couldn't exist without us knowing about it. And the thing is, is that most people live in larger cities and, you know, they have this uh, sort of subconscious idea that everything is sort of discovered and known by man. But the reality is very far from that. A great example to look at is the state of Utah. I'm up here doing some research now. And if you look at that state on a map, you know, there's the I-15 corridor runs right at the center of the state. And the bulk of the population in the state lives along that corridor. Uh, You go off of that very far and you get into a lot of, you know, sort of wild, unexplored region. And this is true for a lot of states, particularly out west. There's just vast amounts of land that don't see human contact on a daily basis. So it's, to me, once you experience some of that, it's easily conceivable that there are large numbers of these creatures. And as Lyle said, they, they likely have a very uh, big territory and, you know, migrate back and forth. They probably travel up into Canada and, and regions like that. So, uh, uh, you know, the potential for a pretty large population of these creatures is just that they're very spread out. Okay. Well, we have another question from Greer's meeting planner, and uh, it's pretty simple. Bigfoot and UFOs, what connection, if any? Of course, we do have uh, the famous Stan Gordon, Pennsylvania case, which uh, he's talked about on the show. That's one of the better, more compelling cases. Um, what do you guys think? Uh, you know, Bigfoot and UFOs. Let's save that for our final segment with David Weatherly and Lyle Blackburn. I'm so glad they're both here because I'm learning lots from this show. With Gene and Chris, you're in The Blurrycast. Thank you for listening to GCN. Be sure to visit GCNlive.com today. We also have swag. You know, we have all these exclusive PowerCast things that you can buy. We've got like, I guess, 60 or so different items. And entails t-shirts, sleeves for notebook computers, iPad cases, mouse pads, the PowerCast jumbo tote bag, all sorts of t-shirts and jackets and stuff like that for men and women. We have 
a Paracast aluminum water bottle. All this stuff, you go to store.theparacast.com, store.theparacast.com. What makes it special is that the items are the best quality, you know, great T-shirts, fabrics, and they have our official logo on them. That's what makes them special in multiple sizes and colors. We even have stuff for children, stuff for women, stuff for men. We have all sorts of sizes, like small up to X large. A lot of good stuff. That's the swag from the Paracast. You go to store.theparacast.com, stop by, and take a shopping tour. There is an affordable alternative to the high cost of health care that offers freedom from insurance while providing compliance with the Obamacare individual mandate. Imagine having access to quality, affordable health care that allows you the freedom to choose your doctor and hospital. Members can share up to 100% of necessary medical expenses, including some alternative treatments. Find out how you and your family can contain health care costs without giving up your freedom. Go to libertyoncall.org. That's libertyoncall.org. Do you ever feel like you're being watched? Like someone or some company is tracking your every move online? I know I do. That's why I trust Private Internet Access VPN to keep me safe when I'm online. I use it to encrypt my traffic and use an anonymous IP address. Private Internet Access keeps your internet traffic safe from unwanted eyes so you can finally feel safe. $40 a year for peace of mind is a no-brainer. Sign up today at privateinternetaccess.com. Once again, that's privateinternetaccess.com. This is an alert. If your business or church is building this year, you're about to pay more than you should. This could mean thousands of dollars more for your office, retail space, church, or warehouse. A general steel building can save you as much as half the cost and time of similar conventional construction. And we're offering rebates of up to $20,000 to help you build today. Call General Steel for free information that could save you thousands. Call 866-91-STEEL. 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 Are you happy washing your hands with harsh chemicals? Are you happy doing laundry with detergents? Are you happy paying high prices? Find your happiness with Pure Soap. These all-natural, earth-friendly Pure Soaps are the very best you've ever used. Buy in bulk. Get a 12, 36, or 48-month supply. Or get items individually and still save big. You're getting soap products twice as good as what you're using now. Earth-friendly and natural soaps. Your family deserves the best. Happiness is 5starsoap.com. Why not put your money up the drain for a change? See them at 5starsoap.com or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. Cal Bend Soap Company can save you thousands of dollars and give you good old-fashioned real soaps that are triple concentrated. Soaps made from vegetable and coconut oils. See their full selection of soaps at 5starsoap.com. That's F-I-V-E starsoap.com. Or call 1-800-340-7091 for a catalog. As a doctor, I see patients every day who are losing their vision to age-related macular degeneration, also known as AMD. If you have blurry vision or blind spots, they can be symptoms of AMD, and if untreated, could lead to blindness. The good news? AMD can be managed with effective clinically approved treatments that may reverse some vision loss. For free AMD information, contact the Foundation Fighting Blindness at 1-800-BLINDNESS. That's 1-800-BLINDNESS. There is a cure in sight. Hi, this is Bryce Abel. I'm the producer of Dark Skies, the co-author of AD After Disclosure, and you are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio.
I'm also learning that all those crazy voices Chris has tried are not to sound like Batman because nobody sounds as guttural as Christian Bale in The Dark Knight. You couldn't understand what he said. He's trying to be like Bigfoot. Okay, so the question is the possible relationship between Bigfoot and UFOs. Lyle, why don't you go on this first? Well, I can't deny that there is some corresponding reports of, of those two being together. And of course, you know, Stan's, Stan's cases uh, certainly stand out in that regard. But, I mean, the majority of Bigfoot sightings I've ever investigated did not involve any sort of UFO sighting or UFO flap or anything else. So while I can't explain why there's certain times where there's a lot of UFO sightings and there's corresponding Bigfoot sightings, to me, there just isn't a permanent link in those because if, you know, if there was always... A few of those landed and let off Bigfoots, and then people saw the Bigfoot. You know, there, there would have to be the, the, the UFO sighting because it's hard to miss UFOs typically. So, um, you know, I don't know what that connection is, but I don't think that it's, you know, exclusive that Bigfoot is of UFOs. To me, I just, again, assume that those are coincidence. Those are the, the more exceptional coincidence, and Bigfoot is indeed separate from an extraterrestrial. Well, the thing is also, Chris and I have said with regard to UFOs, it may be something that's real, something that can be obviously a pretty compelling mystery, but not necessarily E.T. You know, I think that, um, well, I'm with Lyle. I don't think that UFOs are dropping off you know, Sasquatch around the country or anything like that. But uh, there is a curious connection in terms of, of there being a lot of cases Right, where parts. people have, you know, talked about both both phenomena uh, within the same space of time. And, you know, I know in the past, I, I've got a huge file of these kind of cases. And, you know, in the past, uh, no one wanted to listen to them because, you know, MUFON didn't want to hear anything about a UFO connected with a hairy <laughs> creature. And, and the Bigfoot organizations, you know, as soon as they heard the term, you know, UFO, UFO like, they oh. said, no, 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 you got to. <laughs> Put your tinfoil hat on and go talk to the UFO guys. Uh, so, you know, a lot of this stuff got discarded, uh, again, pitched to the wayside. And those are the things that really intrigue me. Uh, I find that there are high reports, just in my experience, in areas that have a wide range of anomalous activity anyway. So, you know, around the Uinta Basin is a great example. Uh, you know, there are all these different reports of, of these Sasquatch-like creatures and UFOs and a, a wide range of other phenomena. So yeah. it, it may be indeed that we're looking at, you know, just geographical areas that draw in these things for some reason. Or, or you geologic know, areas. Geological areas, yeah. I think that we have to be open again and look at these Areas, the, these areas, these window zones, you know, uh, really compel me anyway, because you, you're talking about areas that can be found all over the world, really, that demonstrate a, a high concentration of strangeness. And there's something to that, I, I firmly believe. But um, I'm not necessarily convinced that phenomena are specifically connected, uh, but there is something very intriguing there for sure. And there, there tends to be 
at least from you know the little that I know compared to you guys, but there tends to be a centering of a lot of these types of events uh, around Indian reservations. Indian oh, yeah. reservations tend to have uh, uh, quite a variety, and and these things tend to crop up almost in flaps or waves. Well, you'll have a bunch of different types of things all going off at once. Uh, I've noticed this uh, time and time again. Before I get into to my next question, I just want to. <laughs> Throw this one out there in Ellsbury, Missouri, in uh, in the seventies. There was a there was an outbreak of Momo sightings. Uh, it was a local Bigfoot <laughs> that was seen along the river there. Um, I think the Missouri River, and uh, it was seen stealing sheep. Uh, it was uh, fairly aggressive. And then right after that, you had quite an outbreak of cattle mutilations, uh, which I found uh, pretty interesting in terms of the timing. And then uh, back in the early 70s, uh, around Lawton, Oklahoma, you had a, an, a very celebrated case of a wild man who was dressed in clothing, uh, but was able to leap like, you know, off second and third story balconies, uh, was was almost like a spring heel Jack character, but completely hair covered. And one <laughs> striking description was he had on a pair of pants that were about two or three sizes too tight. And he wore a plaid shirt. And then, again, you have the correlation of then uh, cattle mutilation cases uh, occurring in the the same area. So, you know, the deeper you dig into this uh, subject matter, I think the more compelling it all becomes. And the the bigger the hole in your hair from scratching your head gets, I think. How about about Bigfoot reports in conjunction with cavern systems? This is a theory that I've had for some time. And I'm wondering what you guys think. Have you noticed a correlation? Relation between areas where we have caverns and cave systems and uh, areas that uh, tend to have Bigfoot sightings. You know, I'll weigh in on that one first. Not as many as I expect in just in my experience and in my research. You know, uh, I I know a lot of people feel like these creatures probably utilize caves extensively. And um, I've seen a little bit of evidence of that. But again, not what you would really expect. They seem to be more creatures of of opportunity and whatever's in their region is what they'll utilize. Of course, a lot of people believe that they build these tree structures and and so forth. But, um, you know, you would think that if they're using caves extensively, that it would be a good place to find some solid evidence. But uh, I really haven't seen much of that. How about you, Lyle? Lyle? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to think of in my area where I specifically research a lot, there isn't a lot of, you know, caves or caverns. Um, but, you know, they're in places like Kentucky that have a little bit more of that. Certainly you have, you know, Bigfoot sightings in those areas that, you know, naturally, you know, these creatures would uh, probably use those things. I find, in fact, I find a lot of, in the history of Southern Bigfoot, um, and I just, I'm completing a new book on, on that subject. I find a lot of old stories involve sightings of wild men in cave areas. And that, that seems to be more prevalent than like modern times where, oh, you know, we were in this cave and suddenly we, you know, scared up a Bigfoot or we saw one in proximity to a cave. So I see a lot of old reports mm-hmm. having to do with caves. So, you know, they, you know, it's just naturally animals use caves. I think it makes a lot of sense you know, that they would be sighted in those areas. The guy that built built my family's house in 1970 was Roger Patterson's uh, best friend, next-door neighbor, grew up with him, went to school with him, knew him. It was one of his closest friends. And he mentioned something about a 
enclave, a, a rather large population in the center of British Columbia that was uh, only accessible by a, a real narrow slot opening. If you're willing, we may pick up some of this in After the Paracast, okay? For you listeners who aren't members of Paracast Plus, check that out. David Weatherly, tell our listeners, please, where they can find more of your stuff. Sure. Well, Woodnoss is available on Amazon.com. So is uh, Strange Intruders. You can find more of uh, information about what I'm up to at twocrowsparanormal.blogspot.com. That is T-W-O-C-R-O-W-S paranormal.blogspot.com. Hot links on there for uh, all the books and DVDs and everything else I've got going on. For me, uh, visit my website at Lyle Blackburn, L-Y-L-E Blackburn.com, and that'll give you links to all the pertinent information about my books and other projects. Okay, you can find us on Twitter if you look for The Paracast. The Paracast is on Twitter. There are also two official Paracast fan clubs on Facebook. Check them out. And if you want to get the commercial-free version of the show, it's real, real simple. Go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. We offer the commercial-free version of this show, the exclusive After the Paracast podcast that includes extended interviews, shop talk, lots of surprising stuff, uncensored, folks, After the Paracast for the Paracast Plus We also offer classic episodes. More of those are coming very soon now. And some of those episodes may leave the free channel and only be available in Paracast Plus. Book excerpts from the book that Chris and Ray Stanford wrote and my dog sing Chopin. To learn more and about how to get free e-books, go to plus.theparacast.com. That's P-L-U-S dot theparacast.com. Lyle Blackburn, David Weatherly, Thank you for joining us on the Paracast. Thank you so much for having me. Enjoyed it as always. Always a pleasure to be on. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. The Paracast, featuring Gene Steinberg and Christopher O'Brien, is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast.